Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special Reap the Spoils. I'm Mark Sullivan. I'm Delilah Lugo. I'm Jason Kwasnicki, and uh, I would like to uh, don't thank... Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't say what I think you're going to say. No. <laughs> I was actually it's trying to do gone. a Christopher Judge impression, but it's not that oh, hard. All you got to do I'll... is just stand there looking off into the distance. I was going to say... An intense any... thought. If any former presidents come up out of your mouth, I'm gonna end the episode now. <laughs> um, this is a this is a different reap the spoils because we're not spoiling a video game. We're spoiling a video game award show. That's right. This is how we end every year. We end on a fun episode, a bonus episode, as I like to call it, just because it's different. It's fun. Anyone can listen to this one. You don't have to have played a game. You don't even have to have watched the Game Awards, because like at the end of the day, you could just listen to us talk about the Game Awards yeah. and hear our highlights. But yeah, we're going to be talking about the Game Awards. Jeff Keighley's Comedy Power Hour that happened on what was it? December 8th? Uh, 2022? Yes, I believe so. Sounds right. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. So It was like know. five days ago. Come on, guys. We got to get it over. <laughs> <laughs> um if you haven't watched the show that's fine if you want to go watch the show go ahead hear all the memes and the ridiculous events and stuff uh that transpired for yourself and then you can come back and listen to this episode or you can just listen to this episode this is the one time i'm not going to scold you for listening to an episode of reap the spoils without having done the piece of media that we're talking about because it's it's the game awards you know who cares right um, and then the last thing I'll say is if you're a long time Reap the Spoils listener, thank you so much. Please make sure to rate and review the, sh- the show and uh, share it with your friends and your family and everybody that you think would enjoy the show, either on YouTube or whatever podcast platform you like. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on Google, we're on everything. So please share the good word of Reap the Spoils. Are we ready for a history lesson of the Game Awards? No, I'm not, oh, I'm, not, God. I'm not doing that this time. I mean, the history lesson is Spike had it. They did a <laughs> shitty job. And then Jeff Keighley was like, I could do this better. <laughs> Jeff Keighley literally was like, anything you can do, I can do better. I can do anything. Yeah, okay. And the covenant um, was formed of the Durino Pape. And <laughs> there was Mountain Dew and it flew forth. How, spewed how... in in massive fonts of dunes. Delilah, we should have taken bets on how long it would take uh, Jason to bring up like a Dorito Pope uh, joke about. about <laughs> at least the commercials were of games, even if it was the same commercial at least five yeah, times. Yeah, you know, we the only. I, the only movie mention really was of a video game related movie, and that was. Mario. We got our first unabridged look at the Super Mario Brothers movie. Um, yeah, what'd you guys? I think, think of he that? I think there was a commercial for one other movie, but that was it. I don't even remember the movie. At, well, okay, let, let me put it this way: at least there wasn't like some bullshit where they had like The Rock on camera being like, "Hey, Jeff, what's up, gamers?" You, yeah, instead we had Al Pacino. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. no, that, that, that's not true. They did have. Uh... <laughs> They, I, I don't even know if they showed a commercial for the show itself. There's like a Netflix Knives Out spinoff or something. 
Yeah, you're right. Had, well, da- Daniel, Daniel Craig and Ryan Johnson were just sitting there awkwardly. First of like... all, oh yeah, there was. Well, okay. The reason for that, okay. Here's the, here's the deal. That wasn't a Knives Out spinoff. That's a Knives Out sequel called Glass Onion, which I saw in theaters and it was amazing. Um, but the whole reason they did that was because there's a scene at the be- early in that movie where Daniel Craig's character Benoit Blanc is playing Among Us in covid isolation with like other pals of his um so they use that as a jumping off point to show hey uh you can wear his swim uh outfit that he wears in glass onion in among us which Mm -hmm. yeah that's that convoluted way that they connect it again (laughs) in my opinion that's much more related than fucking having the rock come on to talk about black adam his energy drink and the fact that he's working out right yeah which okay. we all know Keely has done I, in the past. I've not seen any of that Knives Out stuff, so I'll take your word for it. It's a <laughs> Knives Out's a great movie. If if any listeners haven't watched it, go 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 give it a watch. It's it's fantastic. All right. Um what let, let's start let's start by talking about some of the award winners. I know we already kind of we're already going off the rails. We're talking about the Mario movie, we're talking about the Which, Rock's muscles. Y'all might be surprised movie. to find out after the great time I had seeing that first Sonic movie, I am very hopefully optimistic about. Oh, the that Mario movie. movie looks great. I did want to, yeah, I did want to hear Jason's take because he he did unexpectedly, in my opinion, enjoy the Sonic movie. So I don't know why I had such a good time with that movie. It's a great movie, Jim Carrey, I man. I didn't, I didn't see the second one though. Yeah, Jim Carrey. Oh. That was a return to form for him, in my in my opinion, as someone who like grew up in his heyday. Yeah, like to me, that was like a return to form hey, for Jim Carrey. We, I mean, we just talked about a classic Jim Carrey performance in our in our God of War Ragnarok episode. <laughs> True, uh, or I'm sorry, our the Mask episode with talking a little bit about God of War Ragnarok. <laughs> but uh, um, what's his Chris Pratt? I mean, I, I love Chris Pratt, and I even I was a little hesitant when I heard he was voicing Mario, but it didn't it didn't sound too jarring, and I really I I actually. I even liked better. Um, what's his name? Always Sunny. Um, Charlie Day. Charlie Day. Yeah, it's as Luigi. Luigi. I actually thought that <laughs> that Matt that was good casting. I thought. See, Mario's he, voice is growing on me too. Here, here's kind of where I'm at with Chris Pratt. Um, and I, I saw someone put this into words, and I'm stealing their thought because it it kind of it it helped me realize like what I how I feel about it. Uh, Chris Pratt is just playing himself in most of his roles and it's just like kind of framed as no but he's really this guy and like to me this just it it, he's not really putting on any other performance other than chris pratt with his mario voice except for maybe a slight manhattan tinge yeah it's it's just not doing anything for me like i don't hate it but i definitely don't love it and I agree. Charlie Day's Luigi is 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 really good, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that articulated even more. Jack Black is Bowser. I don't really like Jack Black, but holy crap, he's selling me on Bowser. I didn't even realize that was Jack Black. Yeah, that's Jack <laughs> Black. It, it like he's he, I and I can tell knowing that it's Jack Black, but he's doing a great job with that voice. Um, I have a personal soft spot for Anya Taylor Joy. I think she's gonna rock Peach. Um. Yeah, like I'm, I am looking forward to that movie. I just like I'm very apathetic toward Chris Pratt playing Mario, mostly because I feel like they could have done better, like to just yeah. the casting in general. You know, you could have they could have they could have gave the job to someone who isn't as famous. That's probably gonna do the voice See, acting that's, better. 
that's the thing though is that they wanted the name that, that and that's my problem right yeah. that's that's the problem i ultimately have like why do you need a big name to play mario when it's mario yeah mario he's, he's one of the most recognizable characters in the world see, see to you, to us that makes sense but to a movie executive that's like fucking 70 80 years old or whatever and has been in the business for almost a century and thinks he knows how it goes they, they don't get that uh i i i'm not sure i totally agree but let's move on from the mario movie i i think we're all definitely still excited about it oh yeah um, the animation and, looks excellent oh and and the last thing i'll uh, the, the last person i'll bring up who was on the stage at the game awards tying this back to the game awards keegan michael key is toad um yeah another i i like i i do really think the casting was pretty spot on for this movie from everything we've heard so far it's just chris pratt as mario i feel like they could have they could have done better or like realistically could have picked like anybody from manhattan that would have given the exact same performance. <laughs> like it's just it doesn't matter yeah. um all right let's talk about the winners and let's talk about some of the losers of the game awards we'll, we'll get to the what, what was announced uh and the things we're most hyped for uh toward the end but let's talk let's talk about the winners of the of the game awards um let's start off with the big winner yeah and that was with uh it's it's really funny uh elden ring one game of the year and best game direction and best art direction and uh best role-playing game delilah how you feeling that all makes sense i'm very happy (laughs) My personal game of the year, although if God of War got chosen, I wouldn't have been upset. Even if, honestly, Stray got chosen, I wouldn't be like, that's very weird. But also, ha 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 ha, Stray got yeah, game I'm, of the year. Gonna, Kitty we're, game. We're going we're gonna to get to Stray because um, I do I do have thoughts and opinions on that. But um, Jason, how about you? Elden Ring, game of the year. I think it deserved it. Um, I mean... Uh, a lot of people don't maybe don't re- like haven't sat back and realized just looking at not even just the sales, but the amount of buzz that game generated amongst people. Like it, it's, it's hard to really say this because when, when you think about it, Sekiro won, you know, from software has already won a best a game of the year with Sekiro. But even after that, FromSoft games, even once as big as Dark Souls 3, were still kind of niche. There were yeah. a lot of people who were hesitant to get in, but Elden Ring just seemed to have brought in everybody. The buzz mm-hmm. was out there on like every social YouTube, social media. Everybody was talking about Elden Ring, and the sales reflect that. It's a massive... Yeah. When you look at the graphs comparing them, it is a massive jump. Um, so they really did, you know, twist the formula just enough and you can we don't have to get into the you know details of Elden Ring but innovated the gameplay just enough to make it mainstream enough for everybody to get into it yeah um, and it really showed in the conversation it dominated the conversation for how many months yeah I, I feel like we just now that we're at the end of the year we're, we're kind of past that and we're on like out of war but I yeah and I think that was a lot of the the not not concern concerns not the right word um the i guess just the the mentality going into the show was that elden ring dominated uh the conversation for the majority of the year but god of war ragnarok was a huge success and had recency bias 
Yes. So right. that, that was the convert. It, I mean, it was all look, it was always going to be Elden Ring or God of War. Yeah. Uh, just like it's just like 2018 all over again. In 2018, <laughs> it was going to be God of War or Red Dead Redemption 2. This yeah. time, it's well, that was Elden basically Ring. that was basically my prediction for the whole thing was that it was going to be an inverse of 2018 where God of well, War I wins mean, everything except it, game of the year. It's not even oh yeah, well. <laughs> um and it it was always bound to be that. Um for those of you who don't remember, Red Dead won basically everything except yeah. game of the year in 2018. God of War 2018 one game. It of the did year. win, yeah. It, it didn't win everything. God of War, I think, got a few other wins, but Red Dead Redemption 2 did win the most, I believe, that year. Uh, yeah. Just like just like this year with God of War Ragnarok winning most of the the awards and then Elden Ring winning uh winning the big one um here's kind of where i come down so the the god of or the uh the god of war awards the game of the year (laughs) nominees uh were elden ring god of war ragnarok horizon forbidden west um a plague tale requiem xenoblade chronicles 3 and stray uh again this was always gonna be elden ring or god of war uh, the, the 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 concern problem I kind of had just like looking at these nominees in general, um, this shouldn't be a popularity contest. And this year especially, I felt like these nominees were reflective of them being it, it just being a popularity contest. Hmm. I I liked Stray a lot, Delilah. I know Stray hit you. Re- you know super right because you are a big cat person yes um i really like stray a lot <laughs> game of the year no yeah i don't disagree like it, yeah. it definitely was a popular game and, and not to say it wasn't a good game it no, definitely but... had some interesting mechanics some fun gameplay and some really amazing cat animations and it was like adorable but yeah it didn't like move the needle in any kind of way it was just a fun little bite-sized experience and that's and that's kind of where i come down on yeah these nominees all just seem like this was one big popularity contest in a year where there were just a handful of really big games and not like a lot like 2021 i feel all all the game of the year nominees were on more on the same playing field in terms of popularity um maybe with one or two outliers but this one is just like it's the two it's the two sony first party games the two big sony first party games uh the biggest game of the year elden ring um a pretty high profile like double a game uh that was also heavily marketed and released into game pass that's plague tale requiem um i guess the biggest nintendo release of the year because they have to throw one nintendo game in there just to say they have a nintendo game in there and then yeah (laughs) the cat game that 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 took over twitter for a month and again i liked stray a lot i think i do think it was a good game but as far as indies go it wasn't it it wasn't remotely the best indie game i played this year no Um, this is where i feel like sifu got snuffed a lot (laughs) i would say yeah i would say sifu is one of the ones that got snubbed big time uh that was up for best action game uh best indie game best uh and and best fighting game yeah which (laughs) Which i get it's not a fighting game but no it's not a fighting game and and it's it's kind of ridiculous that feels like one of those things where um there weren't a ton of fighting games out this year (laughs) <laughs> and they just needed a fifth a fifth uh game to fill the slot. 
Yeah, so the fighting like game, <clears throat> the fighting game category is kind of weird because it's like, a, when you when you think of like the big fighting game franchises, it's like a few that get installments. Obviously, like they get updates. Like I remember back in the day when I actually played a lot of fighting games, it was like Street Fighter Three, Street Fighter EX Three, Street Fighter, and they have all like <laughs> different versions of it. I mean, granted, you have companies like what is it, Arc Reactor that make those like two D ones. Is that the name of the Arc company? Systems Work? Arc Systems Work, yeah. That will make like individual game, but like from my understanding, as like somebody from the outside, um, that's that's kind of a difficult category to do yearly. Yeah, yeah, for for sure. Um, I, when I was doing, I because I did a separate like predictions pool with my uh with my former roommates, and like we we did uh our our first round was predicting who the nominees would be, and yeah, fighting games is one of the hardest ones to uh to find nominees for potential nominees. Cause it's just like, there were less than 10 fighting games. I feel I found uh, that, that came out this past year and not many of them were well-reviewed or good. Yeah. Like, and you know, you find like, there, there was one that was always going to be the winner and that was multiverses. Multiverses mm-hmm. was super good when it came out uh, is still pretty popular and is a lot of fun. And it was always bound to win that to, to win that category. It, but it was like it was like pulling teeth trying to find any more nominees to put in there uh, that would have made any sense. And Sifu is this one of those that I'm just like, yeah, that you needed to fill you needed to fill yeah. quota, and you should have just cut it at four. You shouldn't have added a game that's not in that genre whatsoever. I feel like the people that work in the gaming industry just sent each other like a mass email like let's just for shits and giggles because we love Sifu and like we know it's not going to win. Let's just put it in fighting games because why not? Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, I, guess, I guess we'll just cover the indie stuff real quick. I um, Two indie games were my favorite games of the year. I, this was a really good year for indies and I oh yeah, it's it's I feel like I'm reaching a turning point in my life where I'm appreciating indie games so much more and I'm so tired of AAA bullshit coming out. Um, Same. And I know it's really bad for me to say that when we are a spoiler cast that primarily plays and re- and reviews and talks about AAA games. Hey, we literally um, just talked about this in our last review. Go check out our review of God of War. Or spoiler cast, sorry, of God of War. Yeah, Ragnarok. Right, yeah. But this was literally a topic that came up, so like, don't need to feel bad about it. I feel like all three of us we're getting to that age where you like become a secret hipster. It's just like, <laughs> you know, when you play games for so long and you play so many games, you just can't help but like want something invigorating and indie games are kind of serving that. Even yeah. if you don't play a lot of games, the indie games are like really good. They're just straight up fun nowadays. Yeah. Um, Whereas before I- they just felt experimental, but like maybe janky, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I want to go ahead and say, since Delilah brought up, like El- Elden Ring was your personal game of the year. Um, yes. And, you know, and it winning game of the year, like, it is deserved. Um, while I don't think it's quite as innovative a game as a lot of people would say it is, it was, it, it, it was excellently, excellently crafted. It was super well made. And uh, I overall had a very, really good time playing it. That being said... I had way more of a blast playing both Neon White and Tunic. Hmm. And those two games, I can't decide which Tunic, one is my Tunic game is of the one year. I'm, Tunic is one I've been meaning to get around to play. See, it's interesting with the indies because I didn't actually play any of them this time around. 
So for me, I was purely going off with my predictions, word of mouth, what I've been hearing about. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because Stray was big for at least, you know, to my ears for like a week. Whereas I've been hearing about vampire, what is it? Vampire survivors. Survivors. I've been hearing about that all fucking year. Like, I feel like everybody brings it up in some conversation at some point. I I was surprised, didn't it? Or as long as it's been out, I don't know. I just feel like I've been hearing about it in like every podcast, even if it's not about (laughs) anything related to Vampire Survivors, somebody brings it up. Yeah. Yeah. I think it came Um, out in 2021 for PC and then came to consoles this year. Yeah, it was like an early access game, wasn't it? Kind of like kind of like how Hades was early maybe, access. Maybe, maybe it was early access. Uh, Steam Steam is telling me that it release its release date was October twentieth this year. Um, mm. But maybe maybe that's like it's it's full like release, not like an alpha or beta or early. Yeah, because Supergiant did the same thing with Hades, where it was like early that, access and then that's released. true. Yeah, yeah that, is, that is definitely true. Um, but yeah, God, Tunic Tunic was such a masterclass of design. And just such a a fun, refreshing adventure game that didn't just throw me uh, like waypoint markers and objectives and stuff. You had to just figure shit out yourself. And the way it kind of teaches you what you have to do is just so intelligent. Um, I feel like it really didn't get enough attention this year. And... I yeah sorry go ahead no go no that's it go, go. i was gonna say i didn't play it myself but i heard a, like a lot of people saying that it's like just like a soulsy zelda would yeah. you agree with that i think that's so reductive i mean mm-hmm. i don't i don't i don't like the whole souls like descriptor i that that shit yeah I crazy. i'm i'm very tired of the very it's lazy also weird it's also a weird phrase to begin with because the souls quote-unquote formula takes so much from older games in general that tunic is emulating in some ways Mm-hmm. that's like the whole point of it that's that's why people fell in love with it to begin with this this might be a controversial take and you know i, I i'll preface this by saying i like from software's games i like souls games i i don't think they're nearly as unique as people as people throw them out to be. i i really don't um i like them i play them i don't think they're that i don't think they're so special that a whole genre should be created around them that's kind of where i'm at with 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 those um, so I think labeling tunic as like, sure, that's a comparison you could make. I think it's just really reductive and it's a game that should have been on more people's radar this year. I recommend anyone listening to go check it out. I, it was, it was, it's, it's up there for my game of the year. Neon white's also up there. And that's just because neon white was like pure adrenaline. That game is mm-hmm. so much fun and I couldn't get enough of it. Um, that's enough of my soapbox, though. We got to get back to the awards. To yes. the actual games that won. To the actual games that won. actually won. Yeah. <laughs> Not the ones that I feel should have won certain things. But I agree with Delilah. Elden Ring was my game of the year. It surprised me. I've liked, I've played and liked from software games. I never got in as deep as I did, and I'm glad mm-hmm. I did because I plan on continuing to. I mean, hell, we had a over three hour long discussion about the story for all the people who keep saying, why is it nominated for best narrative? There's no story. No narrative and story are different. We'll get to it, but narrative and story are different. And Elden Ring does have a story. It's just not told the way you're used to stories being told. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think of those six choices, Elden Ring is the best choice. I just think that the choices provided as as game of the game of the year nominees should have been a little different. Um, yeah, 
I, I would have <laughs> removed Stray and get put Sifu in there personally. I, I would have removed Horizon. <laughs> or or Xenoblade and Horizon. I would have removed, honestly. Actually, you know what? Keep Stray because it's cats. Remove Horizon and Xenoblade. <laughs> Oh, poor Horizon. My I man. mean, I would have bumped off Horizon purely because I feel like God of War did everything Horizon did, but better. And a lot <laughs> yes. of the things that Horizon you're not, you're not that, that, that both of those games did, I didn't even like. Like it did all the bows better. Huh? <laughs> it did bows better. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I, I think it. Uh, it it really just feels like a popularity contest, or you know what. What's the most AAA of the AAAs that released? Well, it's worth plus men- the obligatory Nintendo game and the obligatory indie game. It's yeah, worth, it's also worth mentioning like different spheres of gaming when we talk about popularity. Because when you look at the player's choice, now granted, as I found out after the fact, apparently Genshin Impact was <laughs> handing out awards in game for voting for it for uh, best game for the player's choice. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Was it really? Yes. And also, wow. apparently, like, it's a big, like, point of pride in China, Genshin Impact. So there are a lot of votes there. Like, that's it's just like a, a national pride type well, deal. You know, I, but okay, also, I, Sonic I, Sonic Frontiers, for a long time, was leading that list. Yeah, I know. I know. That true, a, true, a true underdog story. Yeah. <laughs> Sonic Frontiers. Um no, Genshin Impact. I like it, it's a it, it's a really beloved game. A lot of people are really into it. Not just in China, but worldwide. Like that game is huge. It's really weird that it was nominated for Player's Voice. I think it won. It, no, it, it won. did win. Yeah. It did yeah. win. I just think it like the whole Player's Choice thing or Player's Voice. Player's Voice. Um, it had like it, it, Genshin Impact and several other games that just weren't released this year, but like those games were like living games so genshin impact is one of them like i think Fortnite, think even fi- to, uh, arguably final fantasy 14 um which by the way Endwalker not being nominated for best role-playing game was shameful well that's the um, thing just as i'm watching the awards because i i like to cycle through different streamers to yeah. get an idea of how different like spheres of youtube or what have you are reacting to this so many people mention call of duty the whatever the new one modern warfare 2 yeah like not i don't think it was even nominated for best action was it no yeah, it was oh it, it was? was for action and also for sound design hold on i, should, I mean I, should. I get i guess it's kind of hard to do an, a first person shooter category on its own i feel like that i mean although this year there were a bunch of indies too that were first person shooters weren't there yeah um i think just neon white uh for first person wasn't shooter. there that music one Oh, Metal Health Singer. Yes. Yes, you're right. Um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 was up for three different awards. It was up for Best Audio Design, uh, Best Action Game, and Best Multiplayer. But that peeved a lot because for a lot of people, that was their game of the year. Now, granted, that's not my sphere, but yeah, but you know, that's well, a lot also, of people. I'll, I'll go ahead and say the people that play Call of Duty and probably had it up as their game of the year for whatever, that's probably all they play. Because that's yeah. how a lot of those communities are. People it that is, play Call true. of Duty mostly just play Call of Duty. No, you're right. You're right. So, um, but, but with with player, but back to player's voice. Yeah, that I I was. It was just it was just such a strange thing for Genshin to be uh, in there at all. Um, 
be like and like I said, it is a living game. It gets I get it gets regular constant uh, uh co- content drops and and updates. Like it's just I don't know. I, I I feel like it's it that award more than anything is a popularity contest award because it's entirely player voted. And apparently Genshin was given rewards to players. Yeah, well, game. you know, in, mean, in, hey, a, in a gotcha in a gotcha pay to win game, they're given rewards. Hey, you know what? Good for them. I I feel like it's the least interesting award anyway. Like I said, it's just a popularity contest. That one especially. Like I feel like the game awards are largely a popularity contest anymore. Uh that award is pure popularity. Alright. Let's um we'll 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 just touch on the fact that Elden Ring, yeah, Elden Ring won best game direction, which again I expected. Uh best art direction, which I feel that one uh, could have gone to uh, the, the the nominees for art direction were Elden Ring, God of War, Horizon, Scorn, and Stray. I feel like Scorn was an interesting nominee. Um, I feel like of all of those, Scorn and Elden Ring had the better art direction, and I would even argue Sifu, but that didn't get nominated. Yeah, I, I was kind of surprised Sifu wasn't wasn't nominated for that. Um. But Scorn, yeah, I, th- I I heard someone mention uh, in a pod- other podcast I listened to, Scorn is kind of a weird one because it's basically just H.R. Geiger's work. Mm. Um, so giving that best art direction is basically just handing an award to H.R. Geiger. Um, yeah. So I, I I kind of get the the hesitation there to to fully let that one be the winner, but I don't know. I Elden Ring <laughs> had some beautiful art but scorn was just the more interesting choice to me uh, it so was I, the the thing is all scorn had going for it was art direction so yeah that's kind of what i hear i do want to play that i haven't gotten around to playing that yet but i do hear that the it, it's it's a bit of a love or hate type deal yeah more like hate <laughs> <laughs> um and then yeah best role-playing game elden ring one which i just want to shout out uh, a, a little a little gem called live alive that guys i would love to do an episode on live alive i feel like that no one this no one, one would listen to that episode but this is the one from the 90s that just got like finally yeah. ported or, or not a, ported uh, localized it's a 1994 squaresoft jrpg that just got localized for the first time officially officially localized for the first time um it's it is a it, it is the reason octopath traveler exists it's pa- uh, um pa- partially geez i can't speak partially the reason chrono trigger exists um mm-hmm. it is a it is a i feel a super important jrpg if any if not for anything it's a stepping stone to even more prolific jrpgs from squaresoft slash square enix so um fantastic game i i knew it wasn't gonna let's face it i knew it wasn't gonna win best rpg but <laughs> i'm still like man at least it was nominated and that's all i need yeah um let's go on to the next big winner and that was god of war ragnarok god of war ragnarok won uh seven different awards if we're also counting uh chris judges oh i'm sorry six am i counting right Six six awards if we're also counting Chris Judge's win uh for best performance. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I would roll that in there, yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about Chris Judge. Oh, oh well, let's not talk about him too much because he talked about himself enough. <laughs> <laughs> 
It was like for- we had old man Al Pacino talking on stage for like way too long, and then Christopher Judge talked for like twice that amount. I was like, all right, this is the like old guy need to talk and tell their story corner. Yeah, we've got some Al Pacino talking about how props, some of the props I'll give for this award ceremony. Al Pacino deserves props for just being like, dude, I don't really play video games, <laughs> but I'm yeah. here. So and you know, it did make sense if if they were gonna get Al Pacino to come on stage and present any award, like it would be the one for acting. True. Uh, yeah. So, and I'm glad that they didn't try to do that too much more. You get like arbitrary actors and celebrities on stage to uh, present awards that don't they don't really have anything to do with. That's like the only major egregious example of that, and at least it was somewhat fitting. Um, yeah. But yeah, Al Pacino's up there talking about his, like his bad eyesight and. <laughs> <laughs> how he doesn't play video games but he's like acting now that's something i can do yeah um, he's no stranger to award shows he knows he knows how to play it up yeah uh so yeah chris chris judge wins best performance for his for his acting uh his performance as kratos in god of war ragnarok uh justified oh of course yeah okay and like even hearing him talk, I'm like, you know, he you could def- definitely see he put heart and soul into it. Like it meant more to him than just a role. Yeah. Jason. Yeah, I mean, I just wish he wasn't so high, and I will stand by that he was high as a kite. <laughs> because I, if I if I was that high, I would have done the same exact thing he did. <laughs> I mean, like I I think he was either high or drunk. I honestly don't know enough about uh, well i know enough about being drunk but i don't know enough about being high to be able to tell the difference between the two um but yeah like and you know there was there was definitely some emotion there the man was clearly trying to hold in hold yeah. hold in some tears and hold in his feelings a little bit to, to yeah stay. just like God, just like kratos just like kratos. he's still performing someone needs to tell him he doesn't need to do it yeah. anymore i mean my my favorite part of the whole thing the one thing that made that whole like agonizing, awkward, they even started playing the music at one point. Sequence, and he just kept going. And he just kept going. <laughs> was him awkwardly trying to hug Al Pacino as Al Pacino's just trying to get the fuck out of there. Yeah, I mean Al Pacino hugged him. Like he, he yeah. didn't like he he was he was cool with it. Um but yeah, and, and you know, I he thanked all the right people, I feel, and he said all the right things. His speech was his speech was very moving. It just went on for when you such condense a long it, time. when you take out the silent pauses, which is why right. I say yeah. it, it seemed like he was having. It didn't seem like he was just pause. It seemed like he was having a hard time putting words together. Yeah. Um. Or you know, we, we haven't also approached this from another angle, which is, and Jeff brought this up, was that maybe maybe he was just trying to let more people <laughs> into the index. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. By the way, uh, I didn't. I, I I watched it through the Steam TV site. I did not win a Steam Deck. Guys. I'm sorry. I'm really bummed out. Yeah. I only had like a point zero 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 one five percent chance. Yeah. Apparently, there were issues with that whole process. From what I understand. yeah, it, it it was a mess. But we don't need to get into that. Um. But yeah, Chris, I, I don't know about you guys. I, I was talking to Jason about this before the show, but Delilah, did you get the impression that Sonny was like kind of pissed off? I just thought he had like resting bitch face. Um, okay. But um, that's a good he, call. Yeah. He, uh, he, I, when Christopher Judge was like, you know, I voted for you, like this should have been for you, um, but there's still time. 
he like smiled. So that's why I was like, oh, okay. Like, he, you know, he, it's not the end for him, you know? Yeah. Um, but you're not the first person that uh, assumed that he like was upset about it. But I, I just think he has just that face. Okay. Uh, it's possible. It's just, ev- and Jason and I were also talking about this before we went live is that I feel like the camera kept finding the worst moments to, to uh, cut to certain people in the crowd. Um, yeah. And Sonny, yeah. Sonny was one of the worst. And it, it's a shame because it was right at the beginning of the even, show. Even Reggie, Reggie looked out of it at one yeah. point and then he realized the camera was on him. Yeah. Yeah. Also, maybe he knew Christopher Judge was high and was like, how is this motherfucker going to pull this off right now? <laughs> yeah, that, that could be it, too. That could be it. But yeah, I I, I, I don't know. I, I, I actually voted for Sonny. I thought uh, Judge was good, but I enjoyed Sonny. I think Sonny, um, his performance as Atreus was a little better. And I th- personally feel that it was his time to shine. Uh, I believe Judge won in 2018 for his did performance. He? I think he did. Yeah, are you sure that it makes wasn't, sense. Are you sure it wasn't um, the guy, the main guy from Red Dead 2? Yeah, I'm looking it up now. Um, but I, 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 I felt it was Sonny's time. I was a little upset for him. I don't know if he was actually Arthur, upset Arthur about Morgan, it. whoever voiced Arthur Morgan. Oh, you are correct. Roger Clark did win in 2018, so that's my bad. So yeah, maybe that this was a case of maybe it's it's Chris Judge's t- uh, time to shine before Sonny can take it. You know, we, I will I won't say any more about God of War Ragnarok, um, just because we don't want to spoil God of War Ragnarok. And go see episode. our discussion. Go go listen so. to our episodes. Um, I guess I just want to say like I agree with the judge decision just because I feel like it's really hard to play someone who is like like lacks emotional availability but was still able to like convey it without like tears or like much of a smile or like really expressive things you know he was still very unexpressive but showed this like very like nonce level of emotion so i thought that was like treated really well from christopher judge yeah i i'm not knocking his performance i i do think he he did an outstanding job um i just i just i i was rooting for sunny a little bit yeah. Um I was also kind of rooting for Manon Gage who <laughs> a, a probably again a, probably a game that uh most of our listeners haven't played and I think only I have played Yeah, a, no, a I didn't play it. Panel, <laughs> uh Immortality. Um she basically stepped into the role of like four different people in this one game and really five different people um and it was she just did an outstanding job uh and and sam barlow's games they always they always uh have these live action clips of actual actors playing their roles and like he he uses the footage and gamifies it in an interesting way uh viva seyfert uh who starred in her story actually i think she i believe she won in 2015 for uh for her her role in that game Hmm. Um, I'm actually checking that right now. Yes, Viva Seyfert won uh, for her performance as Hannah Smith and her story in 2015. Um, it's it, his games are really interesting, and Immortality was no exception. And I think she did an outstanding job. So I was kind of rooting for her, but I I knew Immortality wasn't going to win anything. Yeah. Um, Immortality was nominated for uh, best game direction, which w- went to Elden Ring. Of course, it was. Of or it was always bound to go to Elden Ring. 
um, best narrative and uh, her performance for best performance. Uh, we haven't talked about narrative, which went to God of War Ragnarok. Let's talk about the conversation surrounding best narrative and why that was a little contentious. Well, Jason alluded of, to it just a yeah. little bit ago. So a, a lot of Elden Ring like content creators have already made videos about this and have explained it probably far better than I can. But the basic gist of it is that the word narrative and maybe the Game Awards need to like, I don't know how, but explain this better. Narrative and story are not the same thing. Narrative is the way in which a story is um, delivered. Story is just the grand sum of all of the elements of story. So characters, plot, what have you, setting, so whatever. What I'll what I'll just quickly interject and say on the on the Game Awards website, uh, for on each page for nominees, um, for each award. They describe best narrative as for outstanding storytelling and narrative development in a game. That, see, that sentence doesn't even make sense. Definitionally, yeah. Um, yeah just because, it's... yeah, narrative is just the way. So like a first person narrative, it's being delivered from the first person, third person narrate. It comes from narrator. Now. I think the reason this is unintuitive to a lot of people is because most people are just familiar with the same cinematic ways that, and, and chronological at that, that most books, TV shows, movies, and even games deliver their story. But game games are unique because they can deliver their stories interactively through other ways and means. And I think Elden Ring does that fine. And there are other games that do that great. Um, the studio that got closed that made Shadow Colossus, Ico, all that, they do that fucking fantastically. In mm -hmm. fact, I would argue they tell some of the best stories ever in gaming because it is through the gameplay. Go listen to our Shadow oh, yeah, Colossus episode. Exactly. <laughs> so just because it's not the way you think a traditional story is told does not mean it's not a good narrative or story. Yeah, and I think um, what Elden Ring does that's especially, especially special is... Um, it uh, it does it tells a story in a way that only a video game can, you know. Exactly. So, I, for I was, me, I was actually like a secretly hoping it would win. I didn't predict it would win. I predicted mm -hmm. God of War would win. But if I had to choose, that's why I would choose it is for precisely the reason Delilah said. See, okay, so the, my the way I view Elden Ring's narrative is. Um, and you're, you're right, Delilah, it, it definitely does tell a story in a way only video games can, but it's kind of more, it's not so much telling you a story, it's uncovering pieces of the past. Mm -hmm. That's more so what Elden Ring is doing. Uh, the story that it has on a surface level, I don't think is told well, and I don't think it's really interesting. It's that lore. It's that world building. It's everything that already happened that you're kind of slowly learning about. That's the interesting part. That's, hey, let's put it this way. That's the reason our Elden Ring episode was over three hours long. <laughs> we weren't talking about the story of that game or the narrative of that game. We were talking about the lore for three hours. And, and uh, I, I won't deny it. it. Like, that's some amazing stuff. I really think that's some amazing stuff. But as far as as far as the game's ability to tell a narrative to me, a, a story that's out, that I'm actively a part of, as opposed to just learning about, I don't know. I I, I kind of could see either side. Um, 
I, 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 I did vote for God of War, I think, um, purely because it told me a good, like a, de- I, I wouldn't, well, no, a good story. It told me a good story, um, and had me as an active participant in that tale versus Elden Ring, not so much. Um, but I definitely understand the, the, the side that, I, that, that you guys are saying. Yeah, I'll, I'll just quickly say, like, I also voted for God of War, um, because it, the thing with Elden Ring is you can interpret like there's a lot of theories there's a lot of things yeah. that comes from within you that the game kind of brings out in one I way mean, or another hey, and we had to implement theory rules for our episode <laughs> yeah exactly um whereas God of War you could come up with theories based on the story they told but there's a clear path of what was told which is why I ultimately voted for God of War but I do think that I like that some games like Elden Ring have this kind of open story where you can insert your own thoughts and interpretations into it. It's kind of like a painting, you know? There's also the argument to be made that you have that story and the lore and the setting and the backdrop is just one element of the story. The main one, the main thrust of it is your personal gameplay experience. And there's something to be said about that. Exactly. Because everybody shares these experiences of encountering these bosses but that's a whole, we could do like a fucking three hour long <laughs> podcast about storytelling in video games. Yeah. Wait, are we going to do a, a spoiler cast on, on video game storytelling? Is that, is that where this is going? <laughs> spoil, what are we going to spoil? How video game stories are told? <laughs> how does, how does one spoil such a thing? I don't um, know. <laughs> the tune into next episode, reap the spoils to find out. No, I'm just kidding. Don't, don't expect that of us. Um, the point I'm, I'm thinking, just making is like we could we could belabor this, but I, I think we already made the yeah. point that like yeah, yeah. Elden Ring did deserve to be on there. And maybe you don't like the way Elden Ring tells the story, but it does tell a story and it does do it in a specific narrative way that yeah, maybe you're not like, used to, maybe you don't recognize, or maybe you didn't even interact with. Maybe you didn't read any of this stuff in the game or interact yeah. with any of those elements. Yeah. That's perfectly a possibility and it's designed that way. And, and, you know, that, that that is kind of the beauty of FromSoft games is you get out of them what you put into them. And, and a lot of times, if you if you don't want to engage with the narrative, they're like, that's fine. Just There's still more. And, <laughs> yeah, it's like, just, just go and kill some baddies and, and participate in PvP, whatever. We're not going to force it down your throat much. Yeah, and totally. that's You know, that's fine. That's a fine approach. Yeah, I, I won't knock its inclusion in that category too much. I um, it, it just was never going to win it for me. Yeah. Um. And you know, it didn't. Got a War Ragnarok did. So it's kind of a moot point <laughs> at, this, yes. at this rate. Uh, Got a War Ragnarok also won best score in music and best audio design. Oh, I got a hot take. What's that? What's your hot take? So I've been listening to the God of War Ragnarok soundtrack, which yeah, because I was curious. Because aside from a select few tracks from a select few moments, I won't go into because it's kind of spoilery. Mm-hmm. Um. I didn't really notice that much of a difference between the first game and this one. And I uh, love Bear McCreary. I love I, Bear McCreary. I love me some Battlestar Galactica soundtrack. Um, but like, I honestly single felt handedly like, keeping the Battlestar Galactica IP alive in 2022. I honestly feel <laughs> like I wouldn't have given it to God of War simply because it's it's using so many of the same motifs and tracks laid down in the first game. Hmm. I I don't know, like. I 
I, I believe I voted for, for that. I, I noticed a big difference and I noticed a lot of new, new tracks, new songs, different things going on, different instrumentation going on, especially the way that he kind of evolved uh, the Kratos's theme or the main theme of the game. Um, and the way he evolved it so that every moment it hit that crescendo moment of the ba, ba, ba. every time that happened, I got chills. Yeah, um, it kind of reminded me of like when the Imperial March started playing subtly when like Anakin was like descending yeah. into darkness. Yeah, I that that's a good comparison. I would agree with that. Or the way they slow it down on the piano when well, he finally takes off Darth Vader's helmet. Well, that, mm-hmm. but even like yeah. as he like is ter- like starting to get dark, like when he like mm-hmm. I think yelled at Padme for the first time, they like played it very subtly in the background. Yeah, it was it was done in a in, in Attack of the Clo- Wow, we're talking about the fucking. Uh, sorry, yeah, this Here is usually go. Jason that does this. My bad. I, I, I was talking about Return of the Jedi. I don't know what you guys. Well, are no, talking we're about. talking about what? Like, I think I know what Delilah's talking about in, in Attack of the Clones. I'm pretty sure Attack I know s- specifically what scene. It's the scene after he goes. Uh, spoilers for Attack of the Clones. After he kills the Tuscan Raiders. After yeah. he kills the Tuscan Raiders, and he's talking. He's talking to Padme um about about what he did not just the men but the women and the children they're animals and yes. i started them like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> he, I'm laughing there, there is picturing it in my head yes <laughs> <laughs> now you can put my voice over over hayden christensen anytime <laughs> don't um, worry hayden christensen i hate sand too <laughs> it's coarse and rough and irritating and it gets everywhere exactly um no there's a there, there it, it, during that scene after he after he talks to her like they they do have the uh the the empire theme darth like the, the music that plays with the empire the imperial theme the imperial march uh it plays very lowly at the end of his like whole tirade there yeah and it's very subtle but it's very effective yeah um but i i to, to counter and further my point, most of those soundtracks, John Williams composed completely new shit. Mm. Yeah, I mean, fine, but like, I, hey, you're, I, right, just, you're right, you're right. It, it, it's just my opinion. I think there's more original material in, in God of War Ragnarok soundtrack than you're giving credit, um, personally. Maybe. Maybe. But... Um, that's, why, that's why I said hot take, because I knew it, w- it wouldn't be a popular opinion. Yeah. I mean, I I, th- I think of the choices. I can't speak to Metal Hell Singer or Xenoblade Chronicles 3's uh, score, but I will say I'm really happy to see Metal Hell Singer on there. I think that's awesome. That Me that too. Game got included. I I mean, I I played that game. I enjoyed it. That last boss, the way they used the music for the last boss, it was like a composed with uh, I forget his name from System of a Down. Yes, Sir Sankin. Oh my God, it was so epic. I am. I uh, that's a game that's on my to do list, and I'm really excited to to get hey, around to it and hear that. And for what it's worth, if I want to fucking contradict myself and argue my own point, would I say that Howard Shore shouldn't have won his Oscar for Return of the King because he was using motifs set up in fucking Fellowship of the Ring? No, I wouldn't say that. So I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> At least you admit it, and I'm proud of you for that, Jason. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I did hear Xenoblade Chronicles three uh, three score was uh, was pretty good, uh, but I I still haven't played. That's usually I try to play all the Game of the Year nominees. Uh, yeah. I don't know when I'm going to get around to Xenoblade Chronicles three. I can't get into that series. See, I I want to get into it, I, but I know how much of a time sink all those games are, and I haven't played any of them yet. So it's like. 
that's the third of the series. And I'm like, okay, one day I'm going to play through one and two and I'll eventually play three, but I don't know when that's going to be. Um, I'll also go ahead and once again, give a nod to uh, a little gem called live alive, having a, uh, uh, a Yoko Shimomura soundtrack, uh, totally reorchestrated and rearranged and it's banging should have been nominated. Oh, well, Sifu um, and Stray also had badass music. Sifu did have a, a great score. A Stray's was pretty good. I, I did enjoy Stray's music. Um, Sifu, I, I loved though. See, Sifu had some really, really great, uh, great tunes. Particularly, I remember in the first half of the game, uh, they were especially bopping. Yeah. Um, well, Stray had like that, like Metal that one Metal Gear soundtrack when you're like doing like a stealth mission as a cat, and it, yeah, it like kind of sounded very Metal Gear in the background. Metal yeah, Gear Solid. I, it had some good synth music. Don't worry, I have I have the Stray uh, soundtrack on vinyl. Of course you do. Yeah, I was about, I was literally about. To say. I haven't I haven't given a I yeah I haven't given a vinyl update in a while, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I uh yeah I, stray stray is pre-order don't worry that, that should be coming at the beginning of the year next year yeah um, for that one i just want to say i voted for elden ring but it's mostly because of how the music is like implemented and complements the environments which then contributes to the narrative yeah okay and El- elden ring score was was excellent i i will say i i do enjoy that score a lot um I'm happy that my vinyl box set of that got fucking corrected finally. <laughs> yeah, although I was a little disappointed they didn't have the Kaled uh, theme song in in the vinyl because that's one of my favorites. It's, it's like very fair. like ambient. I, like I don't remember hearing it. Uh, may- may- maybe I'll 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 I'll, I'll double check after. I, I I feel like they were pretty uh they were pretty inclusive every- of everything. I cro- I actually cross tracked every LP with the digital soundtrack that came with the collector's edition because I was that paranoid about how much they fucked up that release. Yeah. Um, for for those that aren't don't know and don't follow vinyl like I do. Um the Elden Ring uh 8 LP box set, which means it has 8 discs of music. Um they shipped a lot of box sets with duplicate sets of uh, a specific set of discs uh, and omitted the set that was supposed to be in there um, in, in their place. So I was one of the people that got two sets of the, of the disc twos uh, and yeah. no disc threes, which was a, a major, major headache to deal with customer support because they did not want to correct it or the or, uh, Bandai Namco, I guess, didn't want to correct it. Yeah. Um, they eventually did, so I have all the discs. But yeah, uh, we'll 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 check back on that later. Um, God of War Ragnarok also won innovation and accessibility. Uh, that award, I feel like it was either going to go to God of War Ragnarok or The Last of Us Part One. The Last of yeah. Us Part One, thankfully, only nominated for that, which yeah is correct. Yes, um, because that that game should not have been nominated for anything else uh on, on account of being a 2013 game but the um the remake did add a lot of accessibility features um i mean i feel like it could have gone either way sony's been really good about their accessibility features yeah so yep. um and then god of war ragnarok also won best action adventure game which <laughs> it's the same stuff through and through i i, I to, this was one of the categories that tunic See, was nominated for and i think tunic should have won but i think you know. i think on my predictions i put that this might be uh the pity award for horizon because I, I did not no. think they were going to let this whole thing go through without horizon winning one just 
No, action adventure Consolation. action adventure across the board for us was God of War Ragnarok. Was it? I get, did, didn't I say for one of them maybe Horizon? Pity no, War? no, you didn't. No, none of us put Horizon for anything here. Yeah. I, we all knew. We all knew Horizon was going to win. There was no way Horizon was going to win anything. Not in a year that God of War Ragnarok and Elden Ring came out. Absolutely yeah. not. Um. So Sorry, yeah. Gorilla Games. <laughs> <laughs> better luck next time let's hope uh wait, wait burn uh burning shores comes out um april 19th that's at least a month before zelda tears of the kingdom so <laughs> i think it's somewhat safe <laughs> you know let's just use that as a segue i guess real quick to jump into because that's what one um most anticipated game right right how is that how is that even like tabulated is that like a vote yeah, no that that's one of the, that's one of the categories that's voted by the jury. It's it's it, that's the oh, second it's voted question. by the jury, not like yeah, not like no that that is okay. that is prob well it's voted majority by the jury and then like ten percent of, yeah. of uh, user votes or player votes yeah uh, go toward I think it's like ten percent of the player votes actually go mm-hmm. toward these things. It's just, a very small amount. I it, I haven't heard anything about that game in so long. I was actually kind of surprised at one. I mean, even though it's a Zelda game, it's that's the thing is it's a Zelda game, and it's not only a Zelda game; it's a sequel to one of the most successful and popular Zelda games. Yeah. Like it was bound to win that award, and I feel kind of like an idiot for being a somewhat contrarian and going ahead and saying Starfield. That's totally gonna win. No, <laughs> no. Starfield. It was Starfield no fucked it up with that. That, that reveal uh, that reveal yeah 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 um well i don't know how much you can say they fucked it up or people just had different expectations but i yeah it might be a little column a column b like that that game was probably always bound to be fallout in space um but i i personally i don't i don't know that i expected more i just expected something different and it's not really what i got and then they and then todd definitely ruined it by saying yeah, there's like hundreds of planets and places you can explore and check out. And I'm like, oh, good. There's too much content in this game. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm immediately turned off of playing it. Yeah. Um, but I still thought, like, there is there is a good amount of hype for Starfield, I feel. It's just, yeah, I, I should not have thought that that would outweigh the hype for Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. yeah. I knew um, it would be Zelda Final. I just said Final Fantasy because that's mine. I, yeah. I didn't even put yeah. it. Let, let, let's go ahead yeah. and say, absolutely. For Jason and I, at least, I don't know about Delilah. For Jason and I, I actually least, voted for RE uh, RE4 remake. <laughs> is that is that that's your most anticipated game? Yeah. Okay. I and you know I am kind of looking forward to that. Uh, yeah, I'm sure we're gonna do an episode on it, and I'm sure it's gonna be a wild ride. But y'all know how I feel about that. Not enough cheese. At least that's what we're <laughs> like. <laughs> um. Yeah. For Jason and I, especially, but we'll we will talk, be sure also, to talk about that when it comes out. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll talk more about that shortly, but like Final Fantasy 16. Woo. Hell yeah. Um, okay. Other, other games that won awards. Yeah. We are, we talked about stray stray won best indie game and best debut indie game. Um, again, I, I, I know I already did my soapbox. I think that those, some of those awards should have gone to really, I think those awards should have gone to tunic. Um, tunic was really, really special. I can't recommend it enough. Please go play it. It was so, so, so good. As, hey, as again, as somebody who hasn't played any of these games, um, in addition, like after Vampire Survivor, Tunic is talked about almost as much. Hey, you know, more so Jason, than Stray. 
if you like classic Zelda games, if you like old, older, like no, more I, old school I, Zelda games, I, I'm I'm like fully aware of Tunic, and yeah. I was actually a few weekends ago looking at it at the store. I was thinking of buying and playing it one weekend. I, like, I, it's something that I, I've been tuned into since since it was first announced. I I really think you'll enjoy it. Anyone that likes old school Zelda will enjoy it. I mean, look, the game is called Tunic. You're playing as a fox wearing a green tunic. Right. the influences aren't subtle it literally wears it on its sleeve yeah 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 for sure um so yeah i i I, the way i have also been putting this is if stray was good enough or deemed good enough by the the jury to be a game of the year nominee it was always bound to win the indie awards yeah that's why i predicted those even though i would have picked like sifu and Right, maybe debut. I picture. I don't remember what was what else was there that I actually played. So for our for our predictions, we put we all put Stray for best indie for best debut. You and I, Delilah and I, put Stray. Jason put Vampire Survivors again because because of what he already said. Yeah, hearing a lot of really positive buzz about it. Um, so I, I I will say though. Uh, transitioning into another game that won an award. Jason is the only one that predicted uh, best action game and that was Bayonetta 3. Mm. Mm-hmm. Which I found really shocking. Me to too. Why, not that Bayon- the drama? Well, not be- not, no, not, not because uh, if you're referring to the voice actor drama, no. Um, and it's not because I think Bayonetta 3 is a bad game. I, I really enjoyed Bayonetta 3, actually. Um, but I do feel it kind of pales in comparison to Bayonetta 2 and even 1. Yep. And I this this might be a controversial take. This might be a hot take. Bayonetta 3 has more in common with a Kingdom Hearts game than it does a Bayonetta game. In my yeah, opinion. Actually. It's funny. It's funny that I predicted I was the one who predicted this and I'm the only one who hasn't played it. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm a huge, I'm a huge Platinum Games fan. I loved the original Bayonetta and Bayonetta Two, and, and Bayonetta Three um, was a ton of fun. I really enjoyed it. My pro, my problem is it, 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 it stops focusing on technical combat, and or it, it not stops, but like leans further away from leaning uh, or focusing on technical combat and leans further into gimmicks. Mm-hmm. Like right at the beginning of the game, you're able to summon and control massive demons. And they can just stomp the floor with most enemy encounters and stuff. And it's not hard to summon them. You don't have to accumulate a ton or spend a lot of time accumulating a ton of magic in order to summon them. They're really easy to summon. You can summon them most of the time. Plays more into like the witch stuff. Yeah, it well, mm-hmm. it it just it just plays more into not te- not being a technical action game, but just being a action game where a lot of fun things and big things can happen it just leans more into gimmicks than anything else and that i found kind of disappointing okay i actually didn't mind that so much it it made it feel like the godzilla game i always wanted um (laughs) but what bothered me about bayonetta 3 is that they introduced this other playable character and i did not like her like her gameplay was so much more like not satisfying comparison to bayonetta and they made you play with her pretty significantly and then even like the supplemental activities like the challenges and stuff just felt like stupid and not fun and didn't make me any better at the game how did you ask which which game did you guys say would win 
Um, uh, action. Um, Delilah said Sifu. Uh, yeah, I voted for it and I wanted it. <laughs> I actually, I actually voted for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge. <laughs> I wouldn't have been mad at that either. I, I, I thought, I thought that that. That that got a lot of positive buzz when it came out, and it had more of a recency bias than Sifu did. Um, so I I was kind of leaning more towards that, but yeah, again, like and yeah, Delilah, I think you and I have uh, conflicting opinions on uh, Viola's characterization. Um, I will agree that she wasn't nearly as satisfying or fun to play as as yeah. Bayonetta herself, um, and the biggest problem I had with playing as Viola was um, she activates witch time by doing a block parry, which is mapped to a different button than the dodge, button. dodge yeah. which is what activates witch time. So switching between those two characters when the chapters that you play as either one became very difficult to wrap my head around. Like I'll, I'll, I'll press the wrong button and not activate witch time. And then I wind up getting hit. And it's, it, it was just very frustrating. Yeah. Whereas like you play a game like God of War that you're switching between two characters and like, although their move sets are completely different, it still feels intuitive. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, 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 that was a bit of a surprise. I, I don't have an, I don't know that I have an issue with Bayonetta three winning. I just do. I do think really, well, okay, sorry. When I I didn't mean to say that I voted for Shredder's Revenge. I predicted Shredder's Re- Revenge right. would win. I actually voted for Neon White because I think Neon White is an excellent video mm-hmm. game, an excellent action game that everyone should play because it's so much fun. Um, but yeah, that uh, that obviously didn't win anything. Um, can I just like uh, make a quick like complaint that has to do with like an announcement as well related yeah, yeah. to Bayonetta? Because yeah, yeah. I don't oh. think any of us are really going to talk about it. Well, no, I, 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 I was think I know exactly what I was absolutely going to bring it up. No, I yeah. was one hundred percent going to bring that one up. I think we all know what you're going to say. Yeah. Oh, okay. Why don't, why don't Why don't we put a pin in that until? Okay. We yeah. Talk yeah. About yeah. It that That's cool. No, don't you worry. I want to talk about that game. <laughs> I, I, I think, absolutely want to talk. I, I about think we that all game. have similar feelings. It seems. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So, as if as if any other game was worthy of winning these awards. Final Fantasy fourteen won best ongoing game and best community support again. Two years running, hell yeah! Let's yeah. go. Let's. What let's other what other gaming you. community will the producer of your game sit in front of a webcam and cry in shame in front of you for his failures, <laughs> which aren't that. which aren't like... which aren't even failures? They're like they're like oh my god, we had to delay the game by like a week, and he just starts sobbing. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like not even that. It's just like they—they're the community is uh, for that game. I mean, it's been growing astronomically the past two years, and everyone's super supportive. Everyone's super helpful. They—they—they're the, uh, all very kind. It's like it's one of the most positive communities in gaming for when it comes to like multiplayer, ma- massive multiplayer games. Um, it, it, it's really a testament to that to that game stature right now. And for uh, for ongoing game like Endwalker was an amazing expansion, at least I felt so. Um, every update comes forth with a ton of new fantastic content. Yoshi P is doing like three live letters in between each patch, um, going over everything and listening to fan fan feedback. And it, it's just yeah, it's totally totally deserved. 
Um, I will say no, no man's sky is kind of still kind of flying under the radar a little bit as something that maybe deserves some recognition for how many years that game has been improving itself and how long hello games has kind of been redeeming themselves for that launch. Yeah, Yeah. I I agree. It deserves to be on there and maybe even win. I'm just trying to picture in my head. And and to be clear, no man's sky. If Sean Murray stepped out there. Yeah. Yeah, to be to be clear, No Man's Sky was nominated just for um, best community support, not for best ongoing game. Although I do feel that maybe a, a best ongoing game um, uh, nomination wouldn't be unwelcome. Yeah, I I think I nominated it just because of its resurgence, but not because I actually play any of these games. Um, but I think he did win some one of those two categories last year over Fortnite. He was like nah. surprised. La- or was that 2020? La- Might have been 2020. Last yeah. year, Final Fantasy 14 won. Uh, won okay, that year. Yeah, you're right. That year, he was like drinking a beer and he thought like he wasn't gonna win. It, it was 2020 because they were doing the Zoom stuff. Okay, that that yeah. makes sense. That makes sense. Um. So yeah, hell yeah, let's go Final Fantasy 14. Um, are either of you guys playing Marvel Snap? Mm-mm. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. I with how much that game has blown up i was not surprised in the slightest that it won best mobile game um i mean yeah. let, let's let's also put it this way there was no way in hell diablo Immortal was gonna win <laughs> yeah i mean i don't play mobile games i don't have a phone <laughs> jesus christ um i was I'm, a joke I'm, that i don't think anybody's gonna no I, I mean i got oh, it i got oh, okay. it yeah. Okay. So, because a, a comedy is is so much better when you explain it. Um, exactly. <laughs> there was a when Diablo Immortal was explained or uh, announced. Jesus, when Diablo Immortal was announced, uh, and they did the panel at BlizzCon, um, people there was lots of obviously a lot of backlash about it because it was a Diablo game on mobile that was going to be free to play, heavily monetized, which is exactly what it was. Um, and there, a lot of people at BlizzCon were like, are you kidding? Like, this is what you're announcing for Diablo. And who, who was course. it on stage? What, one of the dev, one of the devs, one of the people on stage representing the game. A guy very prepped. Yeah. I got very clearly not prepped for PR who was yeah. just an excited dev. I kind of feel bad for him in retrospect, but whatever. Yeah. Well, you just made fun of him. So I guess the it's a meme. On, yeah, no, I know. I know. I know. Um, but yeah, Mar- Marvel Snap, uh, I, I really don't want to get involved with more free to play mobile games than I have to at this point in my life. Um, but I do hear Marvel Snap is really good. A lot of people are really uh, big on it. I'm not yeah. surprised in the slightest that it won mm-hmm. uh, best mobile game. Uh, and then, yeah, best VR. I'll just run to some of these last ones really quick. Uh, best VR slash AR game went to Moss Book 2. I feel like this was a really bad year for VR. Yeah. Um, there weren't a lot of games that came out that I've even heard of. Not that I follow VR like really closely, but um, yeah. yeah. It, it, when I was looking up predictions to nom- uh, for nominees, I just, I, I couldn't find anything more than Moss Book 2 and um, uh, what was it? Red Matter 2. I was actually really surprised. I didn't think Among Us VR came out. Mm. Um, but it was nominated, so I guess it did. Yeah, VR is uh... in that weird space where, like, like I felt like when that Half Life game came out, 
or did it come out? I don't remember. Oh, yeah, that, that came yeah. out in 2020, yeah. I think. And that won, didn't it? Yes. Yeah. Oh, 100% yeah. that won. Yeah. So, like, I feel like that's, like, something... I don't know. VR isn't a weird... Again, I I don't have a VR headset. I don't play VR, so it's like I can't speak too much to, like, the quality of the games themselves, but it's like... Yeah. It's in, I think that's part of the problem is that it's in a weird space where I don't know what the... Well, user base looks like for that right now. It also it also doesn't help that I feel like the output for PSVR has been slowed down in preparation for PSVR two next year. Um and PSVR two is gonna have to bring it. Like they have a bunch of launch titles announced. I don't feel like a lot of them are super noteworthy. Um and man, if they can get Half Life Alex on that platform, that's gonna be a big deal. Yeah. And that's going to be a huge selling point for me and a ton of other people if mm-hmm. if if they can get Half-Life Alex on on PSVR2 or mm. on anything other than a PC VR platform really. But yeah. I guess the only other one is PSVR2. So anyway, um best family game went to uh Kirby and the Forgotten Land, which yeah. I still have yet to play but I've heard good things. My significant other played it and she really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I played the beginning of it and I didn't like it too much, but I hear that it gets better as you go. Um, but I also voted for it mostly because my partner's kids uh, played it and just seeing like the kid get through it from like beginning to end is, is just really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you know, sometimes kids don't finish games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I voted for Mario plus Rabbids. I did start that. We uh, we haven't gotten particularly far in it, but we were enjoying it. Uh, that did win best sim slash strategy game. Uh, sorry, Jason. It 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 won against uh, Dune Spice Wars. Hmm. I don't know if I'm that so, was a game that you... I'm so sad because apparently it acts, Dune Spice Wars is apparently actually pretty good. It's in yeah. early access right now, mm-hmm. um, but it's PC only. Yeah, which. I mean, it's not surprising. It's a 4X game, but however, I did recently discover that Civ 6 is actually on PlayStation, so I've been playing it on PlayStation. Mm. Um, it's just easier for me. I don't like sitting in front of my computer that I sit in front of all day for work to play games. Yeah, yeah it's it's weird when we're in like a work-from-home mentality. It's like you work at your desk all day, so you don't want to play games there anymore. Mm. Exactly. At, at your PC. Um yeah, so, and, and anyway, uh, best sports slash racing game went to Gran Turismo 7. Another thing I was a little surprised about, because Gran Turismo 7, while it was like a good racing game, it had a lot of controversy around the monetization. Right. Mm. Um, which I, I guess doesn't necessarily speak to it as a game. It more so speaks to it as a product. Yeah. Um, but I was still a little taken aback by that. Mm-hmm. Uh, best multiplayer went to Splatoon 3. Um, I think this was the one that a lot of people got pissed off. The Call of Duty crowd got pissed off about. Mm. But here's the thing is like Splatoon, Splatoon 3, especially in Japan is or Splatoon in general in Japan is fucking huge. Mm. I, it, 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 I think it sold. I think it broke like three million copies in its first week or something Hmm. like it's the the Splatoon three is or Splatoon geez Splatoon in general. The whole the whole franchise is huge over over in Japan Um, and it's 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 pretty big here, too. Um, And it released with like no issues. A lot of people loved it. It it reviewed really well. I was actually kind of surprised that it did. it, It didn't get the game of the year nomination over Xenoblade. 
Mm, um, interesting. I kind of suspected, or I kind of expected Splatoon 3 to get a Game of the Year nomination. Yeah, um, I mean, what I people don't understand picks- about Splatoon and what makes it so special. Yeah, I didn't play Splatoon 3, but I was I played a lot of Splatoon 2. Is that, like, you don't have to be good at aiming to be good at Splatoon. You could kind of just, like, spray your little paint everywhere and contribute to the team. So it, like, offers, like, a diverse, like, gameplay um, repertoire for people. You don't you don't have to aim like you do in Call of Duty. Yeah, it's a, it's a very different competitive shooter where the goal isn't to kill the other team. It's to take over the territory. Right. Yeah, which you also could, like, you yeah. not kill, but, you know, you could shoot and, like, get down the a- enemy team. But, you know, if you have one person there just, like, painting everywhere, that person's going to be as uh, as core to the team as someone who's killing the enemies. I'm not really into competitive shooters anymore. Um, not since Team Fortress 2 broke my heart. And then I just... <laughs> I, I feel got, you. I kind of got over, uh, kind of got over my Overwatch addiction in, like, 2017 or so. <laughs> But um, uh, if I were to get you, into another, you got out at the right time, brother. I'm... <laughs> if I were to get into a new competitive shooter, I feel like Splatoon is the one to go with. Yeah. Um, just because it, it it's just it's much more wholesome fun that's competitive, but like it has a different angle to it. It has yeah. like a a different edge to it where it's not just like getting kill streaks and like you know dominating the other team. It's you can you can play to your own strengths if you're not very good at aiming yeah like delilah said you can just you can just paint the the environment and hey, still contribute in some way i'm still sitting here waiting for my competitive katamari game <laughs> you don't tell me that's not an awesome idea that would be yeah fun. totally that would be really fun that'd be chaos it's been a while since we got a new katamari isn't it yeah they, they just they, they re-released the first one um a couple of years ago but like I think I think I did see a rumor that the um, uh, one of the sequels is getting a remaster sometime soon. So we'll see if that comes to fruition. Um, let's talk about one of the one of the uh, or actually, I think it's the last category we have to talk about because we already talked about most anticipated in player's voice. Uh, let's talk about a brand new category that I think is overdue. Um, best adaptation. Yeah. And oh, oh. The winner was, uh, yeah, and for best adaptation, this is uh, some a video game property that was adapted to film or television. So the nominees were uh, Cyberpunk Edge Runners, The Cuphead Show, Sonic the Hedgehog Two, Uncharted, and Arcane League of Legends, which was the winner. Arcane was the winner. Mm-hmm. I don't. I didn't even think that was in question. Like Arcane was celebrated yeah. by for its writing alone forget about like how it adapted i don't, i have i have zero knowledge of the league of legends well, that's universe the thing is like and... league of legends doesn't have much narrative content to its name so this was kind of a big change and kind of a big thing for that series i mean i think they have been putting out some other some other like supplementary games that kind of lean in some of the league of legends lore they're really trying to build it up as like a multimedia ip yeah yeah like i god i forget what the games were i know there's a fighting game in development if that's not already out and there's like a like a single player rpg i think that is out now like something runeterra they're yeah they're really going all in on it and hey i can't it's a smart strategy yeah but like from what i hear about arcane like um my partner's uh uh sibling and and their their uh their husband they 
told us they watched it and I, I know they don't play League of Legends, but they watched it and they loved it. Um, Arcane is supposed to be really, really excellent. Even yeah, it is. It has like really good animation, a really good story, and it ended super solid. You no, know, I probably should have asked if either of you watched it. I figured nope. Delilah probably. <laughs> I actually watched all of these and all yeah. of them are excellent with the exception of Uncharted. Um, hey, 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 hey. I will defend the Uncharted movie to my death i will die on this hill that movie was fun at the very it. least like to be, <laughs> to be complete to be honest like i haven't watched it but i have not heard a single negative thing other than like super like hours long you know pick apart like oh there's a little bit of a plot hole here but like in general i've not clear, heard you're talking about arcane right yes okay. i have not heard a single like big negative thing about the writing the writing is supposed to be superb and from a wide variety of people. That's why I thought it was like a no brainer. Like that's going to, yeah, no, it, it definitely, I, I feel like it definitely was a no brainer. It was, I feel like it was either between this or edge runners and I still voted for and suspected arcane would win. Yeah. Um, it just seemed like the most obvious choice for me. It's interesting because edge runners like did a lot for cyberpunk, but I actually think cyberpunk, the game had like a better story than edge runners, mm-hmm. but I think most people watched the anime first and then played the game. So they, you know, I don't know. So yeah. I did like a reaction to that whole anime and people got like mad at me that I didn't cry at the end. And I, I'm like, I did see you tweeting about that. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the hey. game had way better relationship moments than than this anime. Don't don't ever apologize for not uh for not feeling the same way that the masses felt. That's, yeah. I feel like that's becoming me on a daily basis. Welcome to my world, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God. Sorry. I'm, I, I'm the guy that will come on here and tell you why Breath of the Wild is shit. <laughs> Speaking of, maybe we should do a Breath of the Wild episode before Tears of the Kingdom. But Please, we'll talk God, about God. that. We'll talk about that <laughs> off the air. Um, okay, real, real quick, let's let's go over our predictions. So for game of the year, the we only so we only did predictions for about eleven categories because I figured it would be really frustrating and annoying if we did predictions for like oh the best mobile game, you know, like as if any of us play a lot of mobile games. And I think if any of us just looked it up, we knew it was going to be Marvel Snap. So we did. We just did prediction, predictions for eleven categories. Uh, game of the year, we all predicted Elden Ring. Um, for best game direction, uh, Delilah and I predicted Elden Ring. Jason predicted God of War Ragnarok. Yeah, best narrative. I, I was pretty surprised. I thought they were going to give it to God of War as kind of the mm-hmm. consolation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, for best narrative, we all voted God of, uh, God of War Ragnarok. For best performance, you two voted for Christopher Judge. I or predicted Christopher Judge. I predicted Sunny. Um, for best indie game, all Stray. For best debut indie, it was Delilah and I for Stray, Jason for Vampire Survivors. Um, for best action game, I voted for or predicted Shredder's Revenge. Delilah predicted Sifu. Jason was the only one correct on that category with Bayonetta 3. Um, best action adventure game, all three, God of War Ragnarok. Best role playing game, Delilah and I, Elden Ring. Jason predicted Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I went with that. Because <laughs> I, I think when I was reading it, I didn't even realize Elden Ring was on the list. <laughs> if I'm being completely honest. Gotcha. Um, for best adaptation, we all predicted Arcane. And for most anticipated, Delilah was the only person correct with Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. So for winner predictions, Delilah was the winner. She got nice. everything 
for the categories that we did, she got everything right except for best action game, which she predicted Sifu. Yeah. So good job, nice. Delilah. Yay. <laughs> now, I never win. <laughs> yeah, well, y- you won this, but get ready yeah. for the yeah. announcement predictions because, oh boy, that was I just, something else. I gotta say, like, for the past few years, my like hype levels for these events have just gone down where I just honestly when I do predictions I'm like I'm just gonna fucking predict whatever it's a sign that we're getting old we're all getting old here old and like just the way the shows are like there was like this uh this golden period that's over so before uh we move on to the announcements I uh I do kind of want to acknowledge the weird way that this show ended (laughs) <laughs> um which was it has been a wild ride for the past few days um basically uh some kid snuck up after elden ring was announced game of the year some kid snuck up with miyazaki and the from software crew and just inconspicuously stood behind them um while yeah, you can were... actually you can actually watch him sitting behind them and like slowly sneaking up as they're walking up to the stage. It's pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. And like after after Miyazaki accepts the award and does his closing speech or whatever, this kid walks up to or goes up to the mic and says, I for for this award, I would like to nominate my uh reformed Orthodox rabbi Bill Clinton. Thank you. <laughs> and at, right as he's right as he's finishing that sentence, you could see security closing in on him. Well, Miyazaki. Yeah. The funniest part about that is just Miyazaki's face because he has no idea what's going on. Well, like you know, no, but like nobody knew. Like even like I, I saw Delilah and and your crew's reaction to this. I saw everybody <laughs> on my Twitter feed. Um, just everybody collectively all at once within the span of two minutes going what the fuck was that <laughs> what just happened who was that even the audience was frozen well even jeff jeff tried to play it off so yeah. cool but was just like all right <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, wow <laughs> someone really just did that someone really just crashed the end of the game awards and like I, it was so funny sitting on Twitter for the the following ten minutes after the stream ended because you just get this ta- this tweet from uh, Jeff Keeley saying the individual that ruined the end moment of our ceremony has been arrested and everyone was like whoa yeah <laughs> it was so, kind of a wild ride and the memes like, have been good oh the memes were so the memes were good instantaneously i sent a few to our channel <laughs> yeah um, and I, I i saw a few others that i just sent to like some yeah. friends and stuff but like many, many a great bill clinton recreations within the elden ring character creator <laughs> yeah, yeah well, i mean i i love the first one that i saw is probably still my favorite which is someone just like highlighted him in red a little bit and was like a red phantom has invaded yeah <laughs> like that was probably the best one i saw and it was the first one i saw and cool. also when that girl was like oh there's a murderer oh, yeah. somewhere and it's like she was like almost right <laughs> like statistically speaking there is a murderer amongst all of you they like zoomed it to reggie fizeme and a bunch of other people yeah <laughs> yeah so for yeah that was such a weird and 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 
there was a lot of talk in the following 24 hours about who this kid was and why he did that. And there were talks. Apparently he was on a, a controversial show called Infowars at some point in his life. And people felt that what he what he went up there to say was an anti-Semitic. Um, Jason Schreer, notable uh, Bloomberg investigative journalist, uh, interviewed the kid. Apparently, it, it, it just boils down to he was just looking for his 15 seconds of fame. Mm. And... Which I, I don't know why anybody thought it was anything more than that. <laughs> yeah, I think I think people kind of went. A, I mean, this is this is Twitter we're talking about, so people went a little too deep with it and kind of ran with their own theories and made some assumptions that were arguably dangerous. Um, but it, yeah, to me, it just it very much seemed obviously it was a it was a teenager looking to just be in the spotlight, and that's yeah. pretty much what he got. So I mean, like to be fair, like he did just he let Miyazaki finish his speech and he said what he had to say and he said goodbye and he left. He didn't like linger. Yeah, you know? M- might be a little topical, but he didn't pull a Kanye. Oh god, um, yeah. Yeah. That's probably why people were like coming to these crazy conclusions. Yeah. That that definitely could play a little bit into it, is with everything that's been going on with uh that man. Uh anyway. So yeah, what a wild way to end the award show. But yeah. we've, we've only really covered half of the Game Awards. Yeah. We need to cover the other half, which is the hype, the hype, the reason millions and millions of people tune in every year. Mm-hmm. And that's for those hot, hot world premieres. Um, yes. They're really stretching the definition of world premiere. I gotta yeah, be well, honest. Oh my well, god! I, you know it's kind of hard when like we have leak, uh, leak culture at an all time high. So honestly, a lot of the biggest uh, announcements I already kind of knew about. Well, mm-hmm. some of the world premieres were just ports of like older well, games. Yeah. yeah, I mean, some of them were there. There were a good amount of fresh. Uh, big surprises i'll say uh, and, and we'll talk about some of those but um there there were there were a good number of of big big high profile ports and several like several things like i said i i already knew about because i have been following certain leakers who are pretty reputable and have been getting things right and they got a lot of things here right so but never mind about that i mean let's talk about some of the exciting things um in in the pre-show i was really surprised uh dead cells i know is like a huge indie game still years later uh, i was really shocked to see that they're doing a castlevania crossover yeah that was really cool that's pretty hype did you play dead cells i feel like i played did. dead cells for a few hours okay i've died i've got through like maybe three levels and that's it okay okay yeah um i do hear dead cells is great uh, i want to go back to it. it's very addictive yeah okay um, Vampire Survivors getting a mobile port. I think that might be where I break and play it. Um, hmm. I don't. I don't know that I wanted to play it like too much on just like Xbox or definitely not on PC. I mean, I don't even have a PC, so I can't play it there. But uh, on mobile, I feel like it's right at home there. Um, it might be worth picking up and playing. Hmm. Jason, you look very uh, confused. Is nah. it because you don't have a phone? Uh, <laughs> might have something to do with it. <laughs> um, skipping ahead, I have uh, a beeper. Uh, beeper is sufficient. 
Oh man. Um, I, I won't go over all, all of these announcements unless there's any that you guys specifically want to call out that I don't already call out. Um, Returnal's coming to PC. That's a great game, and that's been long rumored. Happy to see it finally uh, coming out there. Um, what did you guys think of that Hellboy game? It actually looked really cool. Yeah, I kind of thought so, too. It looked at least cool. The... I, like, I like the subject material. I, I, I do enjoy Hellboy. Um I don't. I, I don't know though. I, I got to see like a full in motion game. It, it reminds me a lot of um. You remember back on the Wii, there were a series of those games like uh, what was it? No More Heroes Mad and then Mad World. Yeah, Mad World was one of them. It was kind of like Sin City, but the black and white. Yeah. Um, that stuff can work. Um, I just got to see it in like full motion. It looked. I think that was that looks something that was more pre rendered. I the my only complaint about it was I feel like every time. Uh, he was doing an attack. He was like doing a punch. It didn't look like it, f- like it didn't look like it felt good. It didn't look like it felt like too impactful of a hit. Mm. Um, so I'm kind of hoping that that is improved by the time mm-hmm. the game comes out. I mean, it also might just be the fact that I'm not playing it. I'm just looking at yeah. it. it just, but still, like you can still gauge how something might feel just by looking at it. And it didn't look like it was. It'd also be interesting to see if they can if they even have voice acting, if they get Ron, if they can get Ron Perlman. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, we got another look at horizon call of the mountain, a PSVR two title. Uh, I thought that game post trauma looked really, really cool. Uh, that kind of looked like, was that the survival horror thing? Yeah. And it looked like, it looked like it was kind of using a mix of, uh, fixed camera angles and like some more dynamic camera, um, usage. And it was kind of like, it looked like a janitor who was kind of wandering around. Maybe. I, 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 I just love the, the fact that it it looked like it was harkening back to like classic survival horror games with fixed Mm -hmm. camera angles. That was very, very cool to see. Um, so yeah, I, I'm definitely looking forward to that one. Mm. Viewfinder is a game I've been following <laughs> the uh, the Twitter account for that game's development for years, and I'm so happy to see that it's like finally being formed into a game that's actually coming out. Um, it looks the- trippy as hell. Yeah, like I've al- I always thought whenever they put out like a new GIF of gameplay of that I o- I always loved watching it because it's so creative and so trippy. This is for for anyone that might not remember. Uh, this is the game where the uh, player has a it's a first person game where the player has a Polaroid camera and takes a picture and can put that picture in some player and it'll actually like it'll form like a new part of the world based on that Polaroid or based on that picture. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it looks like a very trippy, like imagery puzzle game. Yeah. It kind of remind me of a little bit of maquette, but like more creative. Yeah. I, for me, uh, it, it, there's another game somewhat similar to maquette, um, super liminal. Mm, I haven't um, played that. That and and all, all by the way, all these games reminded me of this game, Viewfinder, because I like I said, I've been following the, this game for years. I've been seeing gifts of it for years. I've been looking forward to it actually coming out as like a tangible product I could buy. So like Maquette, Superliminal, all of them reminded me of this. So it's great to see this finally coming into fruition. I'm really looking forward to this one. Um, 
what else? I don't remember what was Scarves Above. I feel like that was like a big one that people liked, but I don't remember anything about it. I don't remember. Okay, cool, <laughs> great. <laughs> um, how did you guys feel about the hide and seek mode coming to Among Us? Do either of you play Among Us? Nope. I haven't since the beginning. <laughs> okay. I like it. It's just I don't know. It's a yeah. mul- it's it's a multiplayer game. You know, it's the same stuff more or less as you play. I mean, yeah. they add stuff, which is From cool. What I understand but... there was kind of like a a meta that basically just broke the game, and w- once people played it enough, they understood kind of the meta and how each well, match was going to go. It's it well, it's it, I feel like there's it all comes down to how a player wants to do, what what they want to do during a match that might like. There, there's a there's a card game slash social game that I play a lot uh, called One Night Ultimate Werewolf. And like there's a finite amount of strategies you can do in that game to get away with winning. Uh, but it, it's all it's it's all a matter of how you want to play the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like Among Us is a little more constrained in that way, because whereas One Night Ultimate Werewolf is a social a social tabletop game where it, it really comes down to how well you can lie. Um, Among Us is somewhat similar, but you're kind of constrained to those mechanics that the game provides you with. Yeah. So, like, there might be some sort of meta that that has kind of been boiled down over the past few years, but I I still see it being somewhat relevant and being somewhat, uh, still having some uh, an ability to be somewhat fresh. Hi- the hide and seek mode seems like it's a really cool turn of events, um, as opposed to being someone hiding, um, and and, and trying to stay hidden and get away with being the uh the imposter this time you're just all out a fucking beast going around and everyone has to hide from you as opposed to you hiding from them yeah i think that's a pretty cool mode i'm kind of surprised it took them this long to kind of turn the game on its head like that but um it looks fun well since since among us came out we've had a couple games like that there was that friday was it friday the 13th they did where one person plays Jason. I think that came out though. That, that trend's been going since I think before Among Us became popular, I think maybe. Yeah. Uh, Friday 13th was before Among Us. I mean, hell Halo had modes like that where you had the one overpowered player and everybody else was. Yeah. I think the game that really sparked that, like those, um, you know, taking a classic horror IP and making a video game out of it. uh, Dead by daylight was probably the biggest, the biggest one to, Mm. to spark that revolution. You got you got like Friday the Thirteenth. You've got uh, Predator Evil hunting dead. around. Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, is there another one? I think the Ghostbusters game is similar. Oh, uh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Um, continuing on, uh, we got another trailer for Replaced. I think that game is looking really cool. I believe that one was uh, delayed. It was supposed to come out this year, but I believe it was delayed because the developer is based in Ukraine. Is that the um, the Blade Runner esque uh, side scroller? Um, it's like the the cyberpunk 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 should be a genre, by the way. I feel like, I feel like <laughs> cyberpunk is kind of a thing, isn't it? Um, I th- I think so. Yeah, I, I think you're thinking of the right thing. Uh, so that's looking pretty. Cool. But yeah, I, I believe you're right that the developer was affected by the war. Um. Yeah, I'm 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 fairly certain I remember that um coming up when I was doing Oh, uh they 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 were founded in uh, Belarus. So, yeah, I they somewhat somewhat affected by the conflict going on over there. 
Um, anyway, uh, that, that game is looking really cool. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Street Fighter 6 is coming out June 2nd. I don't know how you guys are feeling about Street Fighter. It looks really cool. I'm just, I tend to like not play fighting games as much as I used to back in the day. Yeah. There's just something about like having friends over and like passing the controller versus like playing online that just doesn't sit with me right. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm not in a, in a place to speak because I haven't played Street Fighter since I think three. Um, oh, wow. I, I might have dabbled in four. I can't remember. Um, mm-hmm. The only the only thing I have to say about it is as somebody who played a lot of Street Fighter back in the day, like, you know, Street Fighter two. um is that like I don't, I don't know if these are characters from like four and five. They they basically they I just don't see a lot of like the classic characters that I associate with Street Fighter. You see like, um, Ryu like every now and again, but he seems to be like a mentor character because I guess this is like more of an RP. Like you make your own character and develop them. I don't, I don't yeah, know. like I think you create like an avatar fighter, like for like your own fighter, so to speak, and. I, I know it, the game is going to have like its own open. Yeah. Keep in mind, like none of us are f- big fighting game enthusiasts. I'm probably even less so than these two. So um, we are not the people to go to for the, the hot street fighter uh, info. But I will say that with the hub area and the kind of the evolutions that they're putting toward street fighter six, this is the most interested I've ever been in a street fighter game. Um, yeah they have a lot more like mini game stuff and things that are just not not just like online play or or arcade yeah Um, but they did they did bring back i think dj and a few other characters but you're right for the most part it's either new characters or like character creation yeah um moving on to the first i think this i think this was the first big announcement of the main show and I'm very surprised about this because Supergiant primarily, yeah. I feel, has always put out like a new original game. You know, we, they started with Bastion and then they put out Transistor and then it was Pyre. Yes. Right? Pyre was after that. OK. And yes. then the most recent Hades. And obviously Hades was the biggest success that they've ever had. But I still thought they would do something original next. Not so. They announced Hades, too yeah i'm a little disappointed to be honest yeah did you did either of you play hades i played it but i only did the first boss (laughs) and i I didn't continue because i wanted to play it on playstation yeah okay and it's nothing it's nothing to do with hades at all i played a little bit of it It, it's just not my the roguelikes aren't really my jam um but it it is a fun game like to play you know moment to moment gameplay something against hades i just i liked that super giant always did something different it's it's been on my list and I, from what I hear, Hades is the roguelike to introduce people to that don't like roguelikes. And I don't really like roguelikes. Um, that being said, I really enjoyed Returnal, which was also kind of one of those games that was like a roguelike that was good for people that don't really like that much. Um, yeah. And like I said, I really enjoyed Returnal. So like I've been meaning to get to Hades. Hades is also just like a pretty big time commitment. And I haven't yeah. I haven't just haven't found that time. Um, so yeah, it it was interesting to see them actually do a direct sequel to one of their games as opposed to going to something new because traditionally that's what Supergiant's always done. Um, Yeah, when they first showed it, I actually thought it was DLC because it came out in 2019, which wasn't really that long ago. Yeah. At least it doesn't feel that long ago. 
or, yeah. or, or it feels really long ago. I, I go back and forth, but I um, think time is just like a total. Construct yeah, totally. And as, as we said before, it was in early access before that for a while. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but then I, I was like, but it doesn't make sense. That would be DLC because it's a p- completely new character. So it, that's really cool. It's like, it's just motivating me to like get to that game at some point. Yeah. I think it came out in 2020 and it was in early access as early as like 2018. So yeah, it, it, like that game has arguably been out for a long time. Yeah. You know, count early access. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, H- Hades too. I mean, it looks great. I'm, I'm, I, it makes me want to actually dedicate time and, and, and carve something out so I can the, play the, the art the team over there always nails it. Yeah, yeah, super and, giant. And as as a bit of a personal touch, having met all those guys, including the head of the studio, they're really nice people too. Cool, very nice. That's a little, a little, a little uh, plus from our our days at ye old place. Yes, <laughs> yes, the place that shall not be named. <laughs> no, what was that? That was uh, Pax. I was looking at Pyre. Yeah, they were Pyre was not released yet. That was the Pax yeah. before they released Pyre. Yeah. Um, probably the biggest surprise, and I'm very disappointed in myself for not thinking of this, we're not thinking about this specifically as a prediction. Finally, almost like emerging from the ashes is Ken Levine's next game. So am I the only person who, who said in their head, like, is this just Bioshock 4? I mean, it looks a lot like Bioshock. Yeah, like art, like artistically, even like it's, they're they're pulling random magical powers out of their hands. Fucking plasmids. Like, yeah, it's just another. It does look like Bioshock, but like not with that IP. So the game we're talking yeah. about is Judas, and that 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 that's coming from Ghost Story Games, Ken Levine's latest studio that was formed in like 2014 and has been workshopping ideas for a video game ever since and finally to be to be fair bioshock did take a lot from system shock wait yeah 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 yeah. but bioshock still carved out like a pretty unique yeah it was a jump jump from 2d to yeah first person yeah but like man this looks like bioshock but not from 2K. Right. Um it 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 very much looks like a Ken Levine product and it looks great. I'm really excited for it. I'm really looking forward to it, but <laughs> I I I I don't know why I didn't think of this as a prediction, probably because I didn't think it would ever fucking happen and here it is. It finally happened. Yeah, I the only reason I wasn't like so excited about it is because it felt a little more light and bright than Bioshock, whereas for Bioshock, like, yeah, there's color there, but it, there's something very dark and, and like sinister about it that I didn't color, get from this trailer. The color is very masked in shadows, they play with light a lot in the level design. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I would recommend watching it again because I feel like I felt the same way until I watched the trailer. Mm, the second okay, time. fair enough. Yeah. I, I, I feel like watching it again, I did notice, like, it, it, yeah, it is a little more violent, a little more edgy, and obviously, like, they didn't show a ton, but, like, it's probably gonna be ultra-violent, uh, almost to a detriment, kind of like how I feel Bioshock Infinite was at the end of the day, mm. um, where it, 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 it almost is, like, much ado about nothing. 
Um, but like, it looks cool. It looks fun. And it looks like Bioshock and I liked Bioshock. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm more so if anything, I'm, I'm more so just shocked that this thing is actually yeah something that was announced because like I said, ghost story games formed in like 2014 and it's been basically silence ever since. And yeah. if you go read, um, uh, it's, it's either Blood, Sweat, and Pixels or Press Reset. It's one of Jason Trier's books. I think it's uh, his second book, Press Press Reset. He talks about Bioshock Infinite's development, and he talks a lot about Ken, Ken Levine. And Ken Levine's a very difficult auteur to work with. Mm. Um, a lot of Ken Levine's uh, approach to things is very, it's his way or no way. And he's not even sure what his way is most of the time oh damn he's, he's apparently a very difficult uh like just person to work under creator visionary to to help develop for so uh definitely recommend that book but yeah it, it, it's no surprise that ghost story games has taken this long to put out a product and we'll see how long it even takes after this yeah Okay, the, the the next game is the game that uh, Delilah was alluding to earlier, and that's uh, Bayonetta Origins, Cereza, and The Last Demon. <laughs> um, which... <laughs> Go ahead. No, I... Uh, okay, so obviously they're changing the gameplay completely. Uh, the, yeah. It's not like hack and slash. It's like this... I, I don't even know how to explain it. It seems more like a platformer than anything. Um yeah. But even in terms of like the story direction, it feels like they're trying to fill plot holes that they failed to fill in Bayonetta three, <laughs> yeah. and that bothers me. Um, well, it's funny you bring that up because I initially started because they they started by showing footage of Bayonetta three and then doing like a whole rewind thing, and I'm like, so is this Bayonetta three DLC? Yeah. No. <laughs> it's a full game. Yeah. It went up for pre order today. It's sixty dollars. Ugh. Which like that you seemed know, like a thirty dollar game or forty dollars at they, the most. Hey, you know, I'm not I, I don't like to I don't like to True. argue too much about like video game pricing. Um because like you could have a game uh you could have a game like Tunic, which is uh, on, on on digital storefronts for like thirty dollars and it might take you twelve hours, and I think that that's a, an amazing twelve hours well spent and then you might have a game like bayonetta 3 that's 60 dollars yeah that also is 12 hours and you might leave that game feeling really dissatisfied so like True. i don't i don't like to compare prices too much but that being said i i looked at this and thought it was a dlc and to find out that this is a full 60 dollar game i'm kind of really hoping that it brings it because it so yeah. far isn't really selling me on the idea of bringing it i mean no it's a prequel and y'all know how i feel about prequels yeah, but mm -hmm. like, like, did you I, need I to know? Did, or I shouldn't say no because you knew. Did you need to see Darth Vader become Darth Vader? No. Okay. Well, you need hold to on. See <laughs> hold Bayonetta on. Become Bayonetta? Hold no. on. Oh, because <laughs> because George Lucas had been planning. I, you know, we're not getting into this. I don't want to get into a prequel talk any more than we already did uh, with, with talking about <laughs> Attack of the Clones. It's another another episode for another year. Um, <laughs> But yeah, this this was a weird one. And I honestly, I, I initially thought it was going to be like a free update or something. And then they said they gave it a release date, which made me think, OK, so it's probably DLC with a price. Mm -hmm. 
no it's a game and it's a very weird looking game for bayonetta you know mm-hmm. and i'm not opposed to doing something new and original I, and different i didn't catch or maybe i just wasn't paying attention in the trailer is platinum themselves developing it that's a good question uh, yeah I, I didn't see that either yeah, i'll 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 look that up real fast um, i mean like gameplay wise if they want to do something different i'm fine with that but for me it's just like you can tell they're they're trying to explain things that they failed to explain in Bayonetta 3 and it and it's things that I just don't care about so that's what makes it worse um <laughs> yeah I just like it looks like it is developed by uh by uh Platinum yeah okay then which you know that that might be cause for less concern but it's just it's still just such a weird choice. I mean, ar- artistically, it's very different. It looks very storybookish. Um, it it to- looks like a totally different style genre of game. Again, I'm not opposed to something like that. Um, I, I, I almost welcome that. Uh, it's just. When you put out a game like Bayonetta 3 that had a lot of that had a, a very controversial ending and a very disappointing story uh, on account of just not telling much of a story at all. It, yeah, this was this was definitely a weird announcement. And it yeah. was one of one of, if not the only Nintendo announcement in the show. I don't believe. Yeah, besides the Mario one. movie, which. Is a movie. Yeah, which we already knew about. And then there's like there was like a, a, a trailer for a Splatoon 3 event coming, but like it's Splatoon 3 has events all the time. Yeah. Um so yeah, it was definitely a weird announcement. Um this is a question directed at the two of you specifically. Are are you gonna get back into Destiny when Lightfall comes out? No. <sighs> so- Mason's really struggling with this one (laughs) I'm weird because I'm a big fan of or I was a big fan of Bungie as a developer and despite having had the moral strength to finally divorce from Destiny back when uh, what was it New Light or whatever came out for a variety of reasons that we don't need to get into Beyond Light whatever the fuck it was called I don't (laughs) know fucking travesty that whole game is a fucking travesty at this point um and th- this is getting to what I'm getting. Uh, for some reason, I still pay attention to what's going on in the community. The community, I still listen to YouTubers who are big in the community and what the sentiment is like. And it feels like the entire community is basically catching up to where me and Delilah are now. Um, I see the Lightfall trailer, and I have like zero interest in it. it's. Okay. Eh. Did Destiny change its art style because it's almost unrecognizable to me? That's that's maybe, part of that's part of this direction. trailer is that it like one of the reasons I I love Destiny to begin with was that mixture of like dark horror and space fantasy, and yeah. this was like some weird cyberpunk thing. I don't know what they're doing, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, it the question had to be asked. Um. <laughs> Destiny, know... yeah, Destiny's doing its own weird thing, monetizing at every level, seasonal content plus expand. It's weird. I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to get into it. It will make yeah. me too sad. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. We can move on. Um, what did you guys think about that? Uh, that Suicide Squad trailer, which it's so sad. Yeah. yeah, it's like the game. As for the game, it's like just to briefly talk about the game itself, like. 
They still haven't really shown me anything to make me too impressed by the game itself. I did appreciate the nod to Kevin Conroy, though. Um, and that he's his voice work. He already yeah. did all his voice work, and it'll be released posthumously. Yeah, yeah. The, they showed more gameplay, I think, in the last trailer that they released, or maybe the trailer before that, and it did look fun. Um, but of course, after Gotham Knights, even though it's a different developer, there's like some worry there. I felt like this was redeeming for it, especially in terms of story. It's funny. It's called Kill the, you know, Kill the Justice League. And I was like, I didn't expect Batman. And I definitely didn't expect Kevin Conroy Batman. Yeah. So it was very redeeming for me um, to see that. And yeah, big sad. I think uh, the biggest thing this game has going for it is the fact that it uh, it is developed by Rocksteady, not yeah. Um, who, who Warner Brothers Montreal was the developer yeah. of Gotham Knights, which yeah. Gotham Knights was like yeah. When, once they started announcing with that game, like yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be like a co op RPG adventure game where yeah. you'll have gear, and it's like oh, yep, here we go again. Yeah. Um, and then, and then there were talks of like, no, it's not Avengers. Don't worry. It's nothing like Avengers. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it didn't have satisfying combat, but my, my, my biggest concern with Suicide Squad is I feel like we haven't seen like uninterrupted gameplay ever for this game. And it, that that's not helping to sell me on it in any, that's, in any way. That's pretty much where I'm at too. Yeah. yeah. Is that I want to see like an extended gameplay sequence. Yeah, but it's yeah. coming out on May 26th, so not too much uh, further into next year for that one, I guess, unless it gets delayed. Uh, yeah. We shall see. Uh, the Last of Us Part 1 got confirmed coming to PC on March 3rd. Um, I mean, Delilah got it on PS5. I still haven't bought it yet. I doubt Jason will, but I'm... I'm... Go ahead. No, it looks great. I mean, it's one of the better looking ps5 games so i mean i i i'm just happy playstation still going forward with releasing a lot of their games on pc i if you're a fanboy that's pissed about this i don't fucking care dude the last of us came out i mean i know not part one just came out but like the the actual game came out literally two generations ago shut the fuck up i i agree i agree (laughs) i totally agree it's not only that but like if you want companies not to continue to raise prices of video games you're gonna have to get with they need more revenue to match these budgets that are ever rising i don't think that that's gonna stop publishers from raising the price of video games oh no i i mean in an ideal world but i'm just saying like that will be a reason put forth no, for yeah, sure. Yeah, it definitely helps monetarily for them to continue to make good games. Yeah. <laughs> um, Probably one of the most exciting uh, release dates that we got, and it's really not far away, uh, Jedi Survivor. Yeah. Coming out March 17th. Yeah, I'm um, excited. We're, we're doing an episode on that one, right, guys? Oh, yeah. I love yes. the first game. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. best Star Wars story told since lucas sold the fucking property i mean besides <laughs> besides uh um the collectibles being ponchos and skin ship skins that you'll never see i i really enjoyed uh jedi fallen order and yeah i hope they like change the fast travel system too yeah i mean i just hope that they they learned a lot of the lessons from the the, the uh, jedi fallen order I, I hopefully they listen to our episode so they know all the things <laughs> yeah yeah um, to make it like the perfect Star Wars video game. Yeah. And Cal um, looks cool with the beard. 
Oh, my uh, former shout outs to my buddy Alex. Uh, he was very. Um, what's the best way of putting this? He was very horny for bearded Cal <laughs> uh, He really likes the new look. It's weird I, to me because I, I don't know if we talked about this when we did the episode. My brother's name is Cal, and they look oh. very similar. Oh. Uh, so I thought like you were seeing him with a beard up. looks like it's it's like um what I don't know what uh, there's a word I'm thinking of that I can't remember off the top of my head right now. It's like dissociative. Like I'm like no gotcha. wait what what is that <laughs> right? <laughs> I thought you were gonna bring up that he's uh Cameron Monaghan is um he's uh one of the people in Shameless. He's one of the the brothers in Shameless or something. And that's a pretty popular show. I don't know. That, 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 I, I had a friend talk to me about the fact that he was in Shameless, and mm. that, that was kind of his dissociative uh, viewpoint of the character. But anyway, uh, Jedi Survivor looking great. Very excited. Looking forward to that one. Yes. Stay tuned for an episode because we will most definitely be talking about it. Did you guys play? Well, okay. Jason couldn't have played it because he doesn't have a PS5 yet. But Delilah, did you play the Forspoken demo? I did actually. What were your thoughts? So, um, I hate the dialogue more than I did in <laughs> yeah. the trailers. Uh, so let me get this straight. <laughs> yeah, like it, she's just bro- like brooding all the time, and not in a way that's like justified. And I feel like it's giving New Yorkers a bad name. We're not all like that all the time. Where they're well, like that when it's relevant. Um, when you're like walking slow in the middle of Times Square and we got to go to work, like that's when you'll get those reactions. She's reacting that way to like every single thing that's happening. And they're trying to do like a Ghostbusters 2 as a fellow New Yorker. I will back to Lila up on this to quote Ghostbusters 2. It is every New Yorker's God given right to be a fucking ass or they don't say fucking in the movie, but to be an (laughs) asshole. (laughs) And uh, they try and do like some Grimoire Weiss kind of bickering there. And it's just not hitting for me. But I will say the combat is interesting. It does kind of remind me of like final fantasy 15 and i know that combat wasn't great and this one i can't say is great either no. but i i feel like um it's not terrible like it's it's one of the better parts of the demo in my opinion the environments look shitty and uh it was very jittery um and the traversal is cool and that's it yeah i see i here's my thing i, I played it too the traversal was neat when it worked it didn't always work for me um combat looked and i feel like felt cool but i had no idea what i was doing half the time yeah there was a it was a lot to manage because they gave you like two different elements and then you have to like press r1 and l1 to get in to switch the element and then once you switch the element you had to switch the powers by holding down l1 and then using the weapon wheel to, to select the ability and then there was like just a regular like hack ability. And I and I did those. I was switching between things pretty often, but like for the main spells that I was casting, it didn't feel like they all like any of them felt that different from one another. Yeah. And I think that part of the problem is they it, it's one of those demos that kind of drops you in the middle of an RPG, yes. which is a genre that has a lot of systems at play. And if you get dropped in the middle of that and you don't necessarily know uh, what one thing does and you have to like you basically have to sit in a demo and do a lot of reading so you understand the progression systems that you have. And this game has like three different progression systems that I could find Um, and, and just like to do all that in a demo 
to understand what I have to do. And then uh, the tu- there's a combat tutorial, but it doesn't really explain a whole lot. It just kind of tells you what the buttons do, but it doesn't yeah. really explain what any of the abilities do. And like I said, it, it felt somewhat fun to play, but I have no idea what I did. So I can't really gauge whether or not the final product will be fun. I'm no more sold than I was before playing this demo. And that kind of concerns me. Yeah. And like, I totally see, like, I've been, I mean, I've been saying this since day one, this game looks like Final Fantasy 15 if they just used the magic system, but improved on it. And Final Fantasy 15's magic system, the magic system was the worst part about that game's combat. Right. Because it was just so bare bones. It was such an afterthought. And this is like, okay, so let's just make an entire game based around that. And I'm not sure that it's totally working. Yeah. Um, I will say that the music that they played in the intro was really, really cool. It reminded me of like a hip hop horizon theme. I um, wasn't into it. You didn't like it? I really no. liked it. I really that's liked fine. It. I mean, hey, that's fine. I, but you you also liked Viola's theme and I hated it. So, oh, you know. I love Viola's theme. Viola's <laughs> theme fucking ruled. That's like Paramore to uh, that's like that's like Paramore's first two albums right there. That's yeah. um that that theme fucking was awesome. That 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 cried to every pop punk uh inkling within my soul. <laughs> um, but like I mean I'm not I'm not opposed to music like the like that theme that was in Forspoken. It just wasn't really hitting for me. And then yeah. like it was very in stark contrast to the rest of the music that played throughout that demo, which I found really repetitive and not very uh interesting in any way. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of a, a shame and is really surprising because that score is composed by Bear McCreary and Gary Scheiman. Mm. Um Bear McCreary, who we just talked about earlier, God of War composed God of War and God of War Ragnarok, and amongst so many other things. Gary Scheiman's very famous for uh Bioshock, the the score for Bioshock. Yeah. So for them to be behind the music, it's kind of disappointing and surprising that it wasn't really hitting for me. Yeah, totally. And Tabata's at the helm of this, right? No, no. Tabata, Tabata's oh, not, not Square uh, Square Enix anymore. Oh, he's not? Okay. I thought he was no. still part, heading up that team. No, no. Th- so this is that same developer. This is Luminous Productions, but the directors of this are Takeshi Aramaki and Takefumi Tarada. The writers behind it are some big names like Amy Hennig and Gary Whitta, uh, as long as Todd Stashwick, K. Michael Parandi, and Allison Reimer. Um, there's a lot of big names behind this game, which is why I re- I'm really disappointed I'm not more sold on it. Yeah. Um, hmm, what's I up, Mason? You, you look very No, I, I'm just deep in thought. Like, cause, Yeah, you mentioned I didn't even know Bear McCreary or Amy Hennig were involved with this. Yeah. Uh, I I would really like. I hopefully Jason Schreier does a deep dive on the development of this game because how we got the product that it looks like we're gonna get. Uh, I mean that that might even be more interesting than the product itself. It's interesting because it's a Japanese developer with a lot of Westerners leading the project. Right. right. It's it's Which... like Amy Hennig and Gary Witta. They're they're massively prolific Western writers. Uh, and then you've got two Western uh, music composers involved, as opposed to as opposed to any Japanese composers. It's that, it's a that, very that has been a prob- that has been a problematic element for Square in the. Pe- I mean, granted, we're talking way past, but the production stories from Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within the movie. I mean, aside from the fact that they shouldn't have let Sakaguchi write a fucking screenplay, um, <laughs> but but even even more so than that, Square 
working, um, you know, internationally um, in conjunction with an English. They were like based in Honolulu, I think in Hawaii. There are a lot of horror stories that come out of the kind of clash of Japanese working with English speakers. Um, Square have had issues with that in the past. So Mm -hmm. curious. Yeah, we'll yeah. we'll see how that game shapes out. I'm, that's a game that I'm kind of looking at, thinking like it's. I don't think it's going to review particularly well critically. Yeah, I feel like it's going to get like at like sevens, which isn't bad, but. And and the way that this demo kind of came out, and I mean, Square's been putting out demos for all of their games pretty much. Um, I'm not surprised they put out a demo for this one. I do feel that the circumstances surrounding this demo, the the kind of the way the demo is structured, they're really desperate for this game to sell. They're really yeah. desperate for people to be interested in it. I would I would not be surprised they're st- still trying to recoup losses from the production of that engine. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. I, I I I I'm not I'm not confident that this game is gonna perform well critically or commercially but if it's anything like the demo definitely not yeah i i, I like i said i really wanted to be sold on this and i'm, I'm still not and that kind of sucks but yeah it is what it is. um pivot from that disappointing announcement slash demo to something i am so fucking hyped for i still have to watch the trailer again but we're getting a death stranding too guys i'm so excited Kojima's back <laughs> <laughs> Get Sam it. Porter Bridges with gray hair. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah Jason, you oh. don't seem too enthused. Well, again, go listen. We did an episode on Death Stranding, yeah. Yeah. We did, yeah. We did do an episode on you Death can, Stranding. You can hear my thoughts. That was on not Death a fever Stranding dream there. that you had one October. That yeah, was a can, real episode. You can, you can hear my thoughts on Death Stranding there. Um I had hoped that Kojima would move on, but he won't. Um I don't know. <laughs> Like, when it comes to Kojima, like, it's almost like when he comes out, everybody applauds, and I'm just sitting there like, dude, you're not that relevant anymore. Damn. Oh, I, I, I would not say that. I would like, not go that far. You had a great series. Like, I don't I don't love Kojima. I loved Metal Gear. Do you understand what I'm saying? No, right. I, I get it. I, get it. I think like, most people can't make that distinction either. Like, and, it's pretty... Yeah. And and like I've also read a lot about it and like know that like Kojima wasn't the only guy there. Like he's not like this crazy genius everybody thinks. It's like George Lucas. Like I know that George Lucas wasn't the only guy there. He's not this amazing genius that came up with everything. Like a lot of things that get attributed to both of them are falsely so. I mean, I I, I would con- converse or contrast to that um uh as of as of the time that we're, or the day that we're recording uh tomorrow crisis core final fantasy 7 comes out and or uh reunion the re the remaster of crisis core comes out um that's going to be our spoilers that's going to be our next episode uh of reap the spoils traditional reap the spoils and there was a review that a publication put out claiming that this was a remaster of nomura's goofiest game um nomura was not a writer for crisis core he was he didn't he was not a creative force really behind crisis core so but this but that's a common narrative that people pull out whenever there's something from square something from final fantasy that they think is like really out there or really goofy or really wacky they blame nomura for it nomura doesn't really have anything to do with most of that shit <laughs> yeah i guess i 
I give Nomura a lot of shit, but to be fair, like the dude didn't even know he was directing remake. Like there, there's a lot more going on there behind the scenes. And it wasn't yeah. really, it wasn't really on him. The, the, not getting into the spoilers for Final Fantasy VII remake, but it wasn't really on him for some of remakes' wildest and wackiest like changes and and story elements. That wasn't Nomura's doing, but he still always gets blamed for it because he's the boogeyman that everyone likes to blame. So <laughs> that that's the it's something relevant that is contrast to exactly what you just pointed out about Kojima, right? No, I get the point yeah. you're making. Yeah, I mean, I like Death Stranding too. I just Death Stranding, and of and I, I think it's cool. It looks like we're playing as Fragile for a bit, so it's yeah. it's interesting that we're going to be playing as someone different. And I liked Fragile a lot in the game, um, and and BB's older, a little older, so yeah. it's kind of funny. And there seems to be some weird shit, of course. Um, of course. And and uh, the, the the freaking Troy Baker's back is I can't remember his name, the main villain, but. Uh, he uh, seems yeah. to be on some weirder shit than he was on in the first game. So, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm all in, you know? <laughs> yeah, like... I feel I... like he's repeating a lot of this... Kojima's repeating a lot of the same mistakes, though, where, like, I watched that trailer and, and I barely remember anything from the first game, so I was confused as fuck. Jeff Keighley tried to, like, lead Kojima into, like, a question, like, about, you know, what the game's about. And, of course, Kojima evaded. And he's, yeah. and didn't say anything about the game. Which I well, feel like was a big problem for the first game that we didn't know anything about it until like a week before it came out. Yeah, yeah. but I, I see. I I feel like that almost helped me because I I feel like that's that's the kind of game that I didn't want to know too much about beforehand. And I I walked away enjoying Death Stranding. I think some of its story elements were a little uh, were a little wacky, and um, I I, th I think it was really clever how he gamified being a fucking mailman. <laughs> um i i thought that was really interesting but there were certain aspects that didn't quite work and we you know go listen to our death stranding episode if you want to hear more about that uh but that being said like he talked about how <laughs> I, I found this really amusing he talked about how uh he had to rewrite the story for death stranding 2 um due to covid and he also said that he didn't want to have he didn't want to wind up predicting the future again which i found very funny because meanwhile the punchline is we should have connected yeah like kojima's kind of predicted the future twice on accident yeah he kind of predicted the future with metal gear solid 2 with how uh information is kind of uh the, the, you know sent through the internet and how it how memification kind of uh impacts culture and he kind of accidentally predicted the pandemic <laughs> yeah by having everyone in isolation yeah if we're being completely fair technically richard dawkins but okay yeah, it's not yes. like but yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. like literal prediction it's <clears throat> like he made a yeah, prod yeah. he made an artistic thing i get what you're that, saying i get what you're saying yeah, yeah. like it, uh, you know it, it's not like he's sitting there like b prophesizing that oh one day america will be uh quarantining themselves and isolating themselves and will need to connect to stay together like no he was just he just made a fucking video game and it accidentally somehow certain aspects of it actually happened in real life due to completely different reasons you know yeah um but i found that really amusing that that they they kind of made that connection on stage and talked about it and he said he said that he actually had to rewrite the game because of the pandemic and it was kind of an it was an interesting anecdote to hear mm -hmm. yeah um, I mean, we talked a little bit about fighting games. Tekken Eight. Are you guys interested in that at all? It looks really good. 
Yeah, I, I, we, I stopped uh, playing Tekken after five, but um, it yes. looks like it's more cinematic, which is kind of cool. I think I think five might have been the last Tekken I played as well. Um, but I always enjoyed. I, I think Tekken was probably my favorite um, back in the day. But uh, I mean, I, like I said, I like Delilah. I fell off, so I, I'm not really up to date on what's going on there. But I recognize a lot of the characters in it. So yeah, yeah. See, we we're getting a new Tekken. We're getting a new Street Fighter. I'm just sitting here like, where's my where's the next Soul Caliber? Because oh yeah, I might, I might actually want to jump in on the next Soul Caliber. I've always really liked Soul Caliber. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was great. Um, Baldur's Gate three, the game that continues to just not come out. Um, that it's finally apparently coming out in August. Mm. Um, Jason, are you into Baldur's Gate? I feel like that's no. something up your alley. I've never played Baldur's Gate. I played a little bit of uh, Divinity. Yeah, Divinity is the one. There were there were like two okay. that came out. Pillars of Eternity. Divinity is the one that like I believe it's actually in the same universe. Um. Think but uh, oh so, yeah, but uh, yeah, that's a very niche, you know, crowd these days. The CRPG, um, traditional CRPG anyway. Yeah, well, for, where, yeah. For, for the one person that in 2022 would bring up Champions of Norath, I'm surprised that like Champions of Norath is a Diablo clone. It just takes place in uh, the Ever yeah, but Everquest you know what Earth. I mean is yeah. like you know a, a more uh, like a, a Western RPG. I'm surprised that Baldur's Gate isn't up your alley in some way. Delilah, any hype for Baldur's Gate? 3? No. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, that's fine. Um, I know there's definitely some hype for another Western RPG though. Jason just said the name of it, Diablo Four, coming out June sixth. I was surprised that uh, they only showed um, that CGI trailer, which I mean, I, it, that's always no, been Blizzard's didn't. hallmark. Oh, they didn't. Maybe I got up to pee at one point. No, they know. also they also brought out Halsey. Oh, well, <laughs> I don't even know who Halsey is. So, like, she she is a she's a pop star. I mean, I I get it. She's a singer from because obviously she was singing, but like I, I mean, I, you say that name, that means That's nothing to me. Typically, what singers do. When, yeah. When you when you say the name Halsey to me, I'm thinking Admiral Halsey from the Pacific Theater of World War II. Like that's that's Jason in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. No. For uh, that's definitely true. Now she's a she's a pop star, which I found this very strange. Like, why would? Of all the people to have perform for um, Diablo, why would you bring out Halsey? I feel like Mick Gordon would would have been a more appropriate choice. Mm. Someone involved with like you know something more akin to demons and fucking hell. But I mean, obviously not Mick Gordon because he's he's laying low right now. Yeah. Um. But you know, you know what I you you catch my drift. Like Halsey was definitely a weird choice yeah um i just didn't even get why it was necessary to have anybody sing just show the trailer and then you could i mean i agree i i know i over i think it's because it was one of the it was one of the bigger high profile announcements that they had a release date for so right um but yeah diablo 4 coming out june 6th 6 6 not a surprise yeah Um, i'm excited for diablo yeah i I um gameplay wise yes Everything, all the systems around it, especially considering my recent experience with Overwatch 2, I'm cautiously optimistic. 
Yeah, I mean, I'd be more opt. I'm more optimistic about Diablo Four than I ever would have been about Overwatch. I'm um, I'm simply talking about, you know, everybody will say, "Oh, it's just cosmetics." That's what um, they said. Yeah. About, that's what they that's said about, about Destiny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. Um. And apparently, it's been confirmed that D4 will have a battle pass, and I abhor battle passes. I do too. I mean, I think it's just unnecessary. Yeah, oh, they find ways to make it necessary. Believe me. No, Look. I know, I know. But I mean, hope, well, who knows? Maybe it'll be one of those cases, like the the real money auction house in Diablo Three, where fans push back enough about it and have uh, take a uh, big enough issue with it that they remove it. You know, that, that that did eventually work. I hope. Well, all I know is that in Destiny, the quote unquote battle pass is literally tied to gameplay mechanics. Yeah. Um, and it Ugh. is infuriating, yeah. yeah. Um, Horizon Forbidden West is getting an expansion. That's cool. Burning Shores, April 19th. Yeah, yeah. I wonder where, what direction they're going to go with it. Well, well it's, in, it's in Hollywood, we know that. Yeah, we know it's in Hollywood. I do, yeah, story-wise, uh, from the PlayStation blog uh, article, it says that it takes place uh, after Forbidden West. Whereas I feel like Frozen Wilds could kind of fit into anywhere yeah. within Zero Dawn. It's interesting that they're singling this out as taking place after Forbidden West story concludes. Mm-hmm. So it'll it will be interesting to see where this goes, um, and you know we'll have to gauge and see if it's worth uh, talking about. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've a feeling they might try to uh, do something a little different here. Well, though. Without spoiling anything, they might try to build on the ending of the last game, considering mm-hmm. the way things left off. The only interesting and uh, difficult caveat that we're going to have to work around, and maybe some of our listeners will too, is Burning Shores is PS5 only. Yeah, I not I don't know PS4. why games are doing this. I I mean, I think it's it's time. I think it's time for games. I don't think it's time for DLCs that were you know on ps4 and you know maybe it it comes down to with this moving to a different map make maybe they need maybe they can't or it would take too much for them to build it out for both platforms like the thing about zero dawn was zero dawn was built only for ps4 so frozen wilds only had to worry about ps whether the ps4 could handle it um they code or they developed this game for two different platforms ps4 and ps5 so and like this game's develop or this DLC's development is taking longer than Frozen Wilds is did. It's we're going over a year for this one, whereas Frozen Wilds was released in less than a year after Zero Dawn's release. So maybe it would be too. It would take them too long to develop for both. So they only developed for the one, which is fine. I just feel like Sony's like upgrade system has been so um, convoluted and yeah. expensive that it makes it harder to just accept it. Like if people could take like their PS5 save, transfer it to PS5, pop all the trophies and then just play the DLC once they get a PS5, then that, and it's like not, you know, it's like not so expensive, then I get it. But um, for a game like Cyberpunk, which was only available on the PS4 at one point, they're having a DLC that's only on the PS5. And... I like can't transfer my progress or maybe I can, but like I can't transfer my trophies, which is really annoying because then I'm, I'm going to get all the trophies for the DLC, but like not for the main game because I have them on PS4 because it was, it was only on PS4 at one point. 
Well, can't you do a save transfer for Cyberpunk? You could do a save transfer, but none of the trophies pop. Really? Yeah. So wow. I don't know if it's going to be the same thing with like Horizon, where if you played it on PS4, but then you get a PS5 to play the DLC. No, the, the, the trophies do pop when you transfer your save from Horizon. For Horizon? Okay, Horizon. that's good then. Yeah. 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 Um, but... Yeah, that's like one of those really that that's one of those things where only you and I would really care about it. Yeah, I guess, but but even still, it's like I don't know. No, I know, I I, I know, I I totally I totally get it. Um, it's like I put so much work on the PS4 version to then be stuck on the PS5 version when I don't know, yeah. and I'm not gonna play that game again. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, <laughs> getting me to play Forbidden West again is a tall ask. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, Remnant from the Ashes is getting a sequel, and it's just called Remnant Two. Did you get? Did you guys play Remnant from the no. Ashes? No, I heard it was really good. Yeah, um, I heard I, it was I, like Souls with guns. Yeah, I was. I was just about to say. As much as I hate, again, I talked about it earlier. I hate those comparisons. I hate that term. But Souls with guns is pretty much what I all I ever heard about it. Yeah, um, but it was well liked. It was well. It was really well liked. Um. What did you guys think of that Transformers game? Nah. Nah. I feel like it was like trying to go. Yeah, it was kind of a weird direction for Transformers. Transformers Reactivate, it was called. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't terribly into it either. I wasn't sure how you guys felt though. I've yeah, I fell off with Transformers as an I, IP period. I think there Sorry. was only one Transformers game I enjoyed that I I felt like really hit. The potential of the IP for games that was, was the that war the, for was... war for Cybertron. Oh, I was going to mm. ask if it was the um the, the Platinum Games one that came. The fighter, the two D one. It wasn't two D, but it but it had like not, the not two D. I mean, like um, like it had the animated. cartoon art style. Yeah, it was yeah. more like the cartoons. Devastation, I think it was called. Um, that I think sounds I, right. I think I bought it, or I might have got it on PS Plus or whatever, or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, but I, I never actually played it. So it's more of a fighting game from my understanding. Um, I'm not sure. Sorry, sorry to any listeners that are disappointed that we're not into some of these games. And I, I am skipping a lot because I just I either don't remember yeah. what they were or they didn't make much of an impression on me, which if I don't remember them, they definitely didn't make much. Uh, of look, me. anime games tend to suck. Transformers was a cartoon and that's when it stopped being good. Hey, not not all anime games suck. Some of them okay, Naruto Shippuden's like one of the only good ones. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and um, Budokai Tenkaichi. Yeah. Um, Jason, I know you were really into that Warhammer Space Marine 2 game. Are you yeah, still, they, like, did exact, about that? they did exactly what they needed to do. They showed a bunch of fucking awesome gameplay of Space Marines tearing, or a Space Marine tearing up uh, fucking uh, an Ultramarine. I know some 40k lore. Um, I think it's the Ultramarine. Yeah, the blue ones. Anyway, tearing up Tyranids. It looked fucking awesome. Can't wait to play it. Cool, cool. I believe that's a PS5 exclusive also. Hmm. Um, or not PS5 exclusive, like um, next-gen exclusive, I, I mean. Mm. so, But I think it also is coming to PC um well yeah for sure it's coming to pc i'm not sure if it's next gen exclusive or not and i can't I feel like find... there's like 
a thousand war warhammer like expansion thingies coming oh, out this a, year there's a ton like i think they had their own uh showcase just for all the 40 all the warhammer games that were that were coming yeah like they 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 they, they pump out a ton of those games i mean warhammer's a pretty big um it's like weird because it's like a really it's i feel like it's a really niche uh ip but it's also super big and has a ton of properties that are just constantly coming out and are super popular amongst the people that are into that niche. well it's weird it, it like i actually did collect and paint the miniatures back in the day i never played yeah. the actual tabletop game but i did collect and paint the miniatures um but it, it is slowly expanded through first the books and then obviously multimedia you had some games but the thing is, is the majority of these Warhammer games that come out are fucking garbage. <laughs> it's really only a couple, and and the original Space Marine was one of them that are actually like really cherished by the fans. Yeah, and I think like the, the Vermintide game that just came out was pretty yes, good. Vermintide. Uh, yeah. For Warhammer, if you're into strategy games, there was uh, Dawn of War was a good game. Uh, there was also a total uh, uh, a Total War game that came out. Yes, for Warhammer this year that was actually up for best sim slash strategy. Um, Total War Warhammer Two, I think mm -hmm. it was called. Yeah, so, but yeah, uh, Space Marine Two looks really cool. I just wanted to bring it up because I know you were super into that. Yeah, the original one was awesome, and this one looks even cool. It's this, it's the Space Marine fantasy, and it's done very well in action gameplay, and yeah. it looks to be doing exactly what the first game did right. Yeah um this one was so disappointing to me um so the day before the game awards the crash bandicoot twitter account <laughs> tweeted out so what's everyone doing tomorrow with like the eye looking the side eye emoji and i was like me me and one of my former roommates were like oh man we're getting a new crash game hell yeah i loved crash 4 i thought crash 4 was awesome it was really fucking difficult and 100%ing it will make you want to spoon your eyeballs out. <laughs> um, it's a very frustrating game to 100%, but it was an amazing crash game. Um, so I was really excited to see you're going to get a new crash announcement. Crash Team Rumble, ain't it, guys? No. I'm pretty I was like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of IPs are doing this. They're just like... Using the name and creating like spinoffs that are a different well, type of game. So I saw I saw a um a discussion in I think the Crash subreddit where uh and it was information coming from a former Activision QA tester. And I take this with a grain of salt. I don't know how true this is, but from from what they said, this was actually a game that was in development a long time ago like after the insane trilogy came out and was really popular and it kind of got like canceled and tabled and shut down uh until the resurgence uh, at because of um um crash 4 the not not just crash 4 but rumbleverse no uh the 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 the, the, C, the ctr remaster i can't oh, remember oh exactly crash team racing called. i got you yeah crash team racing um nitro fuel nitro fuel mm. um it kind of got revived around then and i also heard talks of them talking about like if they revived it now they must have found a way to monetize it hmm. and that's kind of like the concern where this is just a game that's going to come out 
to just make make more money and it's not yeah. really gonna have a lot of heart and soul put into it which is a shame because crash 4 as good as it was as much as i loved it it didn't sell very well from what i uh remember seeing and it, it kind of gives me pause for them to potentially be continuing the ip uh at least like in in a more traditional sense of putting out like a mainline game uh if this is what they're gonna do uh instead and potentially not follow up crash 4 which would really disappoint me really upset me um my hype immediately died as soon as we saw what this was (laughs) yeah i'm I'm very disappointed i'm very cautious i'm not excited about it and my heart is broken (laughs) and that's all i really got to say about it i'm just picturing Um, a version of that michael jordan meme of him crying but it's mark (laughs) and then crash crash team rumble right next to it Um, there was some game that has a bunch of actors in it. Oh, that um, was a funny trailer. Crime Boss so, Rock A City. So when Michael Madsen came out, so I like I love Michael Madsen. He he's obviously if you're a Tarantino fan, yeah. He's he was there from the ground floor. He was in Reservoir Dogs all the way through. I mean the um John Travolta's part in Pulp Fiction was written for Michael Madsen. Um mm-hmm. It's why it's the same name, Vic Vega, Vincent Vega. Um, but uh, when I started seeing all these other famous actors, after he came out, I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? And then I saw what the actual game was. I'm like, this is very clearly supposed to be a 90s indie movie. Like, it's basically like they're trying to make a Tarantino game. That's what it seems like to me, at least, with the vibe I was getting and all those different names that were in there. I just don't know how you do that. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this is being published by 505 Games and developed by in-game studios in partnership with Epic. Uh it's a cooperative organized crime first-person shooter set set in 90s Florida. Um I don't I I didn't really feel that much for it, but it, it was just the fact that it had Michael Madsen come out. It had, I think it had, had a bunch of other big name actors. Fucking Vanilla Ice, I died. Oh yeah, Vanilla Ice. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. They had, oh my god, I, I can't even remember. Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris was in there. Um, <laughs> what's his What's his name? Uh, he was uh, Predator Two. Um, um, god damn. I can't remember. It was a, it was so many. Yeah, there was and, so and, many. And keep and another thing that I'll say about this is like this was toward obviously we've been, I've been going down the list from start of the show to the end of the show. This is very much towards the end of the show. I was getting tired, not quite remembering, or or I I, I kind of wasn't paying as much attention to certain things toward the end. Uh, you're thinking of Danny Glover. Danny Glover, yeah. thank you. Danny Glover was in there. Um, yeah, I what a weird thing and michael madsen coming out was that that man's getting old he is he's uh he's he's definitely showing his age a little bit he is yeah um we got a a a new look at the uh cyberpunk dlc phantom liberty and it's gonna have idris elba in it (laughs) that might sell me on actually playing cyberpunk i love idris elba (laughs) keanu reeves wasn't enough for you no idris idris elba's Actually, I don't know. The two of them, I feel together. That's gonna sell me on something. Yeah. Jason, how did you feel about? Uh, I still haven't played. I played like an hour of Cyberpunk. 
Yeah. I, I felt like I was fundamentally missold on what the game was going to be. Mm. Yeah, I I think that's definitely a, a way to view that product for sure. I think um, what's a shame about this is that The Witcher had so many brolic expansions that were free and this game had like bad juju next to it and they're like charging for this dlc well, i think i think the two expansions that witcher 3 had did cost something but they weren't expensive i don't know how much phantom liberty is but Bl- blood and wine and heart of heart of stone I think, something I think, like that. I, I think Heart of Stone was very cheap because it was, I think it was, if I remember I think, correctly, it was smaller than Blood and Wine. Blood and Wine was like a whole new I mean, I from area. what I from what I remember hearing from my friends that were really into Witcher, like they were both like not like they were both pretty cheap, like maybe twenty dollars each. Yeah. But no. they were both huge. Like their own games kind of. Yeah. Practically their own games. Yeah. Um, which I, I, I respect a lot for, for that game. It's, but, but for cyberpunk, cyberpunk had a much more tumultuous story than, uh, than Witcher. Right. Yeah. That's what I mean. Um, so I, I definitely, I, I'm looking forward to playing that game eventually and experiencing this DLC. I, I don't know that eventually has become now. Yeah. Not with all these games coming out. Like, Oh, I, 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 I don't know that i i don't remember who i said this to i don't think it was on the show but i'm i'm much more likely to play the new generation version of witcher 3 before i touch cyberpunk (laughs) Mm. um especially because apparent i just saw a review i think from vgc witcher 3's next gen version is um the best way to play that game it's very very good Mm. I'm, i'm looking forward to giving that a shot eventually Okay, last two big announcements. I'm sorry, guys. Neither of you were correct. We did not get Elden Ring DLC. Instead, from software is developing Armored Core 6. Uh, did anyone see this coming? I no. actually didn't predict it before the show, but the minute that I saw them show like the like industrial environment oh, yeah. mixed with like the colorful sky, I was like, "This is Armored Core," um, because saw... it was like the sky of like Elden Ring, like that kind of color palette, but with like the industrial stuff. Yeah, like, and as soon also... as I saw the uh, the mech, I was like, "Oh shit, they're actually doing it! It's the an text, Armored Core game." The text was also somewhat of a giveaway at first. I was yeah. confused, but then the text said something about um, out of fallen ash. It was like a very Dark Soulsy type yeah. text, and I was like, "Oh, it's from so- oh, they're fucking with us." And then it was Armored Core, which <laughs> hey, I'm there for it. Yeah, hell yeah. Armored Armored Core Six Fires of Rubicon. Uh, it's apparently coming next year. I don't know how the hell they're doing. I know, that, right? But... That trailer was fantastic. It was very, it was very like Blade Runner Dune kind of vibes. Um, and and I'm just so excited to see what they can do with that IP after like everything that they've done over the years. Yeah. Um, because I've never been in an Armored Core game. It was too hard for me to be honest. Uh, when I played them when I was younger. And it because they had a lot of systems and I, the same thing happened to me with Demon Souls and Dark Souls, but I eventually went back to those games and beat them. So I feel like this is like going to be my motivation to go back and like actually beat the older Armored Core games. But every time I ha- I've tried to, they just don't age well. So I wonder if they're going to like do like a remaster like they did with the Dark Souls trilogy. Yeah, I, I, I kind of wonder because... Uh, the last the last Armored Core game, I'm, I'm looking this up now because I, I actually was I'm not terribly familiar with the series. 
And I mean, kind of for good reason that hasn't gotten an entry since 2013. Yeah. With uh, Armored Core Verdict Day, which was a, a direct sequel to Armored Core 5. And that game came out in 2012. So, yeah, like this has kind of been a um, a, uh, a a series that's that's been dormant for a while, I guess, following from software's like sudden success and in uh, 2011 with Dark Souls one. Um, Dark Souls one was 2011, right? Am I am I I'm not misremembering that, am I? That sounds right, but I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, I it yeah 2011. So. Because yeah, De- yeah, Demon Souls was like within a year. That or two was two, of the PS3 that was two thousand eight. That yeah, was two thousand eight. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, so yeah, like Dark Dark Souls kind of bringing from software into a huge mainstream success with with Dark Souls. Um, no, no surprise that Armored Core kind of took a back seat for the longest time. But yeah, it's it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they tackle the legacy of the series if they bring any forward, um, how they bring them forward, and how this one shapes out next year yeah i'm so excited but i am sorry to say guys no no elden ring dlc how you feeling about that yeah it's fine i mean i you know he did say that um there is i I think he said there's more elden ring to come actually so for me that was like maybe i should get a point for that well well oh no (laughs) i i know it's it's like stretching I did. I did say. Um, I, I pointed out to you guys, like ahead ahead of the game awards, they did announce the the Coliseum DLC, which yeah. was really like more more than anything, it was just a free update that that allowed the Coliseums to be accessible um, for PvP content. Um, I did feel that with them announcing that ahead of the game awards, that told me that there wasn't going to be DLC announced. But yeah. You weren't you guys you two weren't the only ones to to stand tr- or uh stay steady with that prediction. Like a lot of people still expected it. Jason Trier even uh said that he he kind of felt that there was still going to be a DLC announcement. Yeah. I think everyone was kind of surprised that there wasn't given the success of Elden Ring, but um I'm honestly yeah. not terribly disappointed because just to know that From Software has something in the works and especially with the rumors yeah, kicking yeah. about that they they're going to try to split from Bandai Namco and become their own publisher. That could be interesting. And we'll also say that there, there's no way without with Armored Core six coming out next year. There's no way that was developed by the same team internally. They had two teams. One at the very least, they split off the team that was working on Elden Ring. Half of it was working on finishing and polishing that game. And the other half was starting work on Armored Core. Right. Yeah, I believe the director for Armored Core 6 is the director that did Sekiro, which wasn't Miyazaki. I feel like it was someone else. I, I can't remember his name. Um, and then, so I imagine like Miyazaki is like spearheading one team and then this other director spearheading another team. Yeah, this isn't the first time that they've done some, you know, something like that. Yeah. Um. So the uh, the director of Armored Core 6 is Masaru Yamamura who was the who was one of the designers on Sekiro. The director of Sekiro was still Miyazaki okay. alongside Kazuhiro Yama Hamatani, sorry. Um so I'm not sure what else uh Yamamura has done uh in in terms of I mean we can look at Elden Ring and see if he's got any major credits or they have any major credits. 
um nothing that i'm seeing but yeah. um, i'm sure uh, like i i have to imagine with this game elden ring coming out this year this game coming out next year uh i can't imagine it was the exact same team working on both like they absolutely pulled like a, a naughty dog working on uncharted 3 and the last of us at the same time they had to have done that with this yeah um i i just i i, I can't imagine it was the same team and they're pumping out this game in less than two years yeah um we got one more game to talk about and it's the one that ended it all the one the the sole reason i was watching these fucking well actually not the sole reason it's also because we were going to do an episode but well before that there was just one game i wanted to make mention of um earthblade which is made by the same developers uh that did celeste that seems really exciting Mm-hmm. it's not coming out to 2024 but like it's kind of nice to see that team working now, on something else celeste celeste did not actually have combat in it right uh in, no no it was more like avoiding things like two right. 3d a 2d platforming yeah it was a really it's a it's basically a really challenging platformer from what right. i know um, it is yeah yeah. But with a lot of accessibility that someone who sucks at platformers like me could platinum it. <laughs> I, I, I will tell you that having not played Celeste but, but heard his praises and that, seeing this trailer, I liked the music. I liked the look of it. Um, yeah. So Celeste is another one of those games that's on my I really need to play this list. Right. Um, and you this... could do that in like a day. Yeah. I, I, you know, I... I feel like it's a pride thing where I, I, I know how that, that game's plat. This is just trophy talk again. Um, that game's plat is a 10 out of 10. If you don't use the accessibility features, but if yeah. you do, it becomes like a one out of 10, but I'm sitting there looking at it. Like, oh, do I, do I try to do it? Legit? I think it's worth like doing, playing the game legit, but not going for like all the strawberries and stuff like that. Okay. Then, yeah. yeah. I mean, at some point, at some point, no matter what, I'm going to eventually play it because it's one of those games that I've, I've heard too many good things about. And it, it seems to be a very important game for when it comes to like mental health struggles yeah. and, it's it's a very inclusive game. It's a very important game to um, marginalized communities, especially the LGBTQ crowd. Uh, so it's a game that I, I definitely have on my radar, and definitely a game that I want to get around to playing. I just haven't found the time to do so. Um, yeah. So, but yeah. Thank you for shouting out Earthblade. That that is a that that is definitely a game I should have brought up. Um, definitely looks different than Celeste in a lot of ways yeah um but i'm sure and i'm also really surprised i feel like this is the only game now don't get me wrong i'm sure there's plenty of games that were announced that are aren't coming out next year they're coming out in 2024 but this is the only one that i can recall that explicitly stated 2024 yeah which i found to be surprising especially because celeste came out in 2018 um it did get an expansion um i think in 2020 um but still, it, it's Celeste. Celeste has been out for a long time. I'm surprised that this this game is isn't coming out until 2024. But yeah. I know it's a smaller team. It's a it's a very small uh, indie team working on work that worked on Celeste and will be working on uh, this game. So I guess it's not too much of a shock. Yes. All right, we got to talk about the best game in show, the one to end it all. And Final prop Fantasy 16. And props to Yoshi P for being the only Japanese guy there that bothered to learn enough <laughs> that bothered to learn enough English to actually, you know, announce his game. Yeah. <laughs> um 
I I I can't I can't articulate how excited I am for this game. I am so look this is this is my most anticipated game. It's Jason's most anticipated game. I am so looking forward to this game. Um and yeah, I, I it's coming out June 22nd and I can't I can't fucking wait. It's actually um, interesting because- how much even going before this trailer, how much is actually out there that Square has posted in terms of like the actual lore and explanation behind things that I have just not actively sought out. And even knowing that they're there, you know me, I read every leak and whatever that comes across my desk. I don't want to know. I want to know as little about this as possible to be completely honest. Yeah. And and Yoshi P I trust. And I would almost say this trailer came dangerously close to showing too much of the plot. I felt, yeah, and I'm kind of hoping that like, like I almost felt like Endwalker almost did that too. But at the same time, we got to Endwalker and everything we thought we knew was totally wrong. Right. Um, Endwalker subverted our expectations, or at least my expectations, so so well to the point where every theory, every rumor, every thought, everyone that I that thought they knew how the story was going to go couldn't have been further from the truth um and that's kind of how i'm hoping they're presenting these trailers make trying to make us think one way where it's actually going to be something totally unexpected Hmm. Um, i'm very much looking forward to how this all how this all plays out i do find it really cool that and this was i think this came from the square site after the fact when they posted the trailer up there officially um apparently the dog is like the healing mechanic um, your dog companion who's oh. with you the entire time. I mean, I know you can, and you can give do, him like, combos with him. Yeah, you can give him orders and stuff. You can tell him to sick enemies and stuff. It's very exciting. Um, this trailer did kind of show and kind of confirm more um, that you will have party members uh, fighting alongside you, even though they kind of somewhat confirmed that before. Um, I, I really liked a lot of the character dynamics that they showed in this trailer uh particularly between clive and jill um yeah i'm I'm just really excited for this game guys they're gonna have yeah. like like sex right like like it's yeah, gonna be that mature a, there's apparently some really risque shit going on in this game it yeah does, it, it, does, it has gotten an m rating i'm pretty sure yes it, i think so for this, gore and sex yeah it's uh it's so this is the first final mainline final fan it's not the first final fantasy game to get an m rating but it is the first mainline numbered uh entry to receive an m rating um previous uh m rated final fantasy games were type zero hd and stranger of paradise and like stranger of paradise was mostly because like cursing yeah jack just said fuck a lot and yeah like <laughs> that was war- like that was warranted for an m rating because of course it was but um hold on i'm trying uh, the- well at the- least now you know like people won't need to create like these like fan <laughs> fan fiction uh i mean they probably will anyway but you know maybe they'll get something more out of the game itself <laughs> yeah yeah Hold on, I'm trying to find the uh, trailer that has the ES the ESRB explanation at the front of it. Um, okay, like I'm personally right. approved. Okay, go ahead. I was just filling the, the dead air. <laughs> no, go. I want to. I want to. I want to hear that thought. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say I'm personally approved, so I don't really like care for that stuff. But I think uh, it's interesting for Final Fantasy as a series yeah, that they're going so, this direction. 
Yeah. Well, so the ES... I'm curious because isn't Jill like a little? Isn't Jill around the same age as Joshua? The like young I think Jill is her close. Age? I I think she's uh, she's intended to be in between Joshua and Clive's age. I'm not 100 okay. percent sure, but because when um, when Delilah said that they're going to be a love interest, I'm like, isn't she like way younger than him? Well, we don't know mm. that they're going to be a love interest. They 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 might be. I've, there might have been a scene that that showed them potentially. She's definitely going to be like the main, I think, recurring um, sidekick. Well, I think. Well, yeah, probably, but because she's one of the, she's one of the characters that's been marketed most since the start, alongside Clive and Joshua. But well, like... interest interesting. We saw like a lot of her just in kind of that peaceful pre not pre story, but like early story times. Yeah, and a lot a lot of people had theorized that she would come back a lot during the story, and that turned out, I guess, to be true from this trailer yeah. at least. I um, I just I don't know what to expect in terms of romance because this is a very different team. This isn't like the 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 team that made Final Fantasies like seven and eight and nine and ten. This is the team that that made things like Tactics Ogre and Final Fantasy Tactics, Final Fantasy twelve, Final Fantasy games that, or not not just Final Fantasy games because Tactics Ogre is its own it's its own franchise, but games that focused much more on the politics and the 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 world, the kingdoms, and all all that stuff versus any interpersonal relationships any romantic ones yeah so i'm i'm interested to see how that how things progress yeah i wouldn't be surprised if if there really isn't much of a romance if at yeah. all i i i i'm not or i'm at the very least i'm not anticipating anticipating it being a primary theme a primary focus it might be ter- secondary or even tertiary mm-hmm. um this game is rated M for mature for violence, blood and gore, sexual themes, partial nudity, and strong language, by the way. Oh, okay. And I think the Brazilian rating um, called out certain things like prostitution and hate mm. crimes. Yeah. Okay, that a, makes more sense now. There is like, you know, it, it, it's meant to be, it's going to be more political than other Final Fantasy. There will be it's, things like slavery and... I mean, it's the yeah. it's the like, like I said, it's the it's the people it's it's a lot of the creatives behind things like tactics over Final Fantasy tactics and Final Fantasy 12. So they're less you're... adventurous, more, I guess you could say, dark stories. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and for for a lot of reasons like that I, I, is why I'm looking forward to this game so, so much. Um, it's also weirdly making me really want to pick up and go through the Devil May Cry games. um yeah because they have devil may cry fives uh combat director involved with this one and i've had my eye on that series for a while it's just you know they're five games in it's a little intimidating to go through plus they're supposed to be very difficult games um so we'll see if i i get up to the challenge uh, Hmm. before devil or uh, before final fantasy 16 comes out but i'm uh yeah what what a way to end that was the most hype announcement I could have possibly um, seen. I'm I'm very excited. Uh, Collector's edition goes live in less than an hour. Good luck to everyone that tried to get it. I'm gonna try to get it. <laughs> <laughs> if it's anything like Endwalker, it's gonna go fast. Yeah. And by the time you're listening, it'll be too late. So hopefully you got it. Um. And yeah, that that was the game awards, guys. We did it. Yeah.
Do I get half a point for getting the month right? Yeah, I mean, let's talk about that. So Delilah, so we did we did five predictions each. Um, I don't think any of mine. No. So Delilah (laughs) is the only one of us to definitively get zero points. Delilah's predictions were uh, Kojima shows trailer for Overdose, Elden Ring DLC, Alan Wake 2 gameplay, Resident Evil 4 remake demo drop, and uh, Wonder Woman trailer for the Wonder Woman game that was announced last year. None of those happened. No. Um, For me, I said Kojima shows two games, Overdose and Death Stranding sequel. And then I said uh, Hellblade 2 gets a fall 2023 release window. Uh, Another Star Wars game besides Jedi Survivor shown. A larger reveal of the Indiana Jones game and release dates for both Starfield and Redfall. The only thing that happened was Death Stranding sequel, but I did say Overdose and and Death Stranding. Do I get half a point or no? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay, half a point. And then Jason said Elden Ring DLC, Halo Infinite, uh, Battle Royale announcement, Overwatch 2 PVE trailer, and Obsidian shows something about Avowed and or fa- and or Xbox shows Avowed or Fable. I was basically like, Xbox has to fucking show something. Yeah. Which, so was I for most of the part. The only thing that Jason potentially gets is he says there was going to be an F- a Final Fantasy 16 live demo and June release date. He did get a June release date, but no live demo. So again, half a point. Um, I still think overall Delilah wins just on account of getting all of yeah. or all, all but one of her winner predictions right. Oh, yes. okay. I concur. And, Delilah wins. Yeah. Yay, finally. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I for for in turn I like I I did I would have talked about our announcement prediction sooner if there was more to talk about. We really missed the mark, and a lot of that has to do with Xbox just being a no show. So Yeah pretty disappointing on that front but we'll see what happens there's a lot going on with xbox right now so we shall see yeah but anyway i think it's time to wrap this up this has been a long and fun episode of reap the spoils yes a bit of a different one one that we look forward to every year um i said it before but delilah what's our next game what game are we talking about Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core Reunion, right? Yeah. That's what it is? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's like three different clauses that you could just put in any order and like, yeah, you know, that's, that's what you get. Yeah. We're talking about uh, Crisis Core. Um, Jason, I'm so excited. I feel like <laughs> it's like Aragorn talking to Sauron in the Palantir. Long have you hunted me. Long have I eluded you. <laughs> that was just a bunch of nonsense you just said to me basically i've been avoiding playing this game since it came out yes i know so uh look forward to that in the coming weeks i hope you enjoyed this episode once again if you if you uh are a regular reap the spoils listener please rate review like subscribe share the episode share the show with whoever you know that would like it please it helps so so much you can follow me on twitter at nibble Jaime, and you can follow delilah on twitter at asasina underscore sam and you can follow jason on twitter at solid claws but don't follow or you can follow me in your heart i would appreciate it more (laughs) that's that's very sweet it's very it's very nice um and yeah until next time join us for crisis core in a couple weeks thanks for listening goodbye have a good one